Yo, you tapped into Fly Fidelity Podcast with me, Gang PTP, King Vision Ultra, PTP Crew, questions, answers, history, homework, all the things the podcasting universe asks for. My man, Luke Bailey, you already know... First, First I say, say, what we're going to do. Then you say, I don't know, what do you want to do? What we're going to do, what you want to do. I have an idea. You're going to dig this. The Fly Fidelity Podcast is, is the solution. It's the best. Check it out. You want to get super fly, fly. Details just ahead. Do you love credible content, but, but, but hate how long you have to wait? And who wants super thick and frothy dumpster juice with rat corpses in it? There's a better way. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly. Fly. Fly Fidelity. Fidelity. Fly Fidelity Podcast. Fly Fidelity, baby. Fidelity, baby. Fidelity. With your host, Luke Bailey. This week we are joined by the generationally respected KinVision Ultra for an extended edition of the show. Producer, DJ and visual designer, among many other titles, we'll be speaking with the artist known as Geng about his humble beginnings, debut album, collaborations, the future of PTP and everything between. Look, many speak with the conversations, people cause you deep with the research. Get through the meat first, gristle free, sharp like a missile leaf. Hot people speak from the hot people, the ease will be but PS3 never judge. Exclusive of the Patreon, direct debit card. The content presented never bars from the start, a mix of unknown artists and contemporaries and stars. French coach, genre discipline, pop swap, fed and king, pose bars, written ink, broke lines, listen, skin coat, scars on the arms. Whenever I'm with a dictaphone, a pen and the palm, ready to ask Flash shot, the edit type is sharp like a shark bite Exploratory questions start, despite the vibes right Credit to the take him to task, I never passed by The opportunity to put a guest under harsh light Fly fidelity insights forever leave No stone uninvestigated whatsoever Even that for the quest I made them fold like exception seeds Stretched by the inquisition press Right, this building beans up Fly fidelity inside forever leave No stone uninvestigated whatsoever Even that for the quest I made them fold like exception seeds Stretched by the inquisition press Right, this building beans up I was curious as to what your strongest memories are of being exposed to hip-hop in the beginning. What would have been your biggest hip-hop epiphany that solidified you becoming a fan? Yeah, as far as becoming a fan or, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say just honestly, the radio, it's, it's between two things. It's between the radio, um, specifically WBLS and KISS FM on, on the weekend evenings. Um, and video music box after school um, with Ralph McDaniels. Everyone should go check out the uh, documentary, which is I think on YouTube for free, but you know, promo aside or whatever, um, I gotta give a lot of, gotta, I mean, I always give love to Ralph, uh, Uncle Ralph, because um, he was really a, 
I mean, he was the original archivist in in my understanding of it and in sort of my engagement with with that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, like I was doing this, I, I was checking in with him and his, through his show, like since like first grade, I want to say, um, as well as finding things on the radio, but specifically or like more so focused on finding those mixed shows just because I wanted, I needed to hear more because it wasn't, it wasn't like it was hip hop being played on the radio like that. It wasn't like rap music wasn't being played on the radio like that. Um, not in any sort of like block manner. You, you, you had to get them in, in these, in this, you had to get it in a style of these like half hour to hour mixed shows basically. So, you know, you had your red alerts on kiss FM and you know your Chuck Chillouts, you had your Awesome Twos, you had your—I mean, when I was coming up, that was that was who was rocking. And then you had your, you know, your Magic passing it off to Molly Marl, and Molly Marl at the time when I was tapping in around 80, 87, 88, 88 for sure. I was deep. I was already on the video music box wave, so I was get catching the visuals, um, and then you know catching marley with sometimes a guest guest starring young pete rock um on the decks taking over for that for that little time slot or like them going back to back or whatever they were, it was crazy it was Classic. yeah yeah being a kid being a kid in those years obviously that spoke to a huge you know passage of rights for you as a kid as an only child back then you mentioned the box. One of the things that separated what Ralph was doing back then was that he didn't just play videos, did he? He showed a full 360-degree look at New York life, from the music to the clubs to the nightlife. And he was talking about, you know, these tough conversations about gun violence, drugs, and other issues. How did those social issues impact you? How did those conversations impact you as an only child back then? Mm, sure i mean yeah i didn't have any like older siblings i had a cousin i had a cousin who was like older sibling to me basically he was like five years older than, than me i met him when he was 15 i was 10 you know what i'm saying um we had a lot of shared interests on some video games and anime before it was getting called anime or whatever it was just like japanese cartoons japanese animation or whatever is what right. we called it or whatever um but like he he had he had like came from france he was like a a Chinese kid in with a French accent, which bugged me the fuck out. Like when I first met him, I'm like, yo, <laughs> where is this? Like, what planet are you from? Um, but basically, yeah, he um, uh, just, you know, put me on to a lot of, we, we, we shared a lot of those things, but we never had like, we never really had those types of conversations. Um, we did, I don't know, we did, but, to answer your question more squarely in terms of like video music box and things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up watching the stop the violence movement, self-destruction. I grew up watching public enemy. I grew up with that shit, like as it was coming out, like that was new, you know what I mean? So, mm. uh, seeing that and then getting the additional context in those kind of between video moments where ralph would be at uh, a panel or you know a, uh, i mean that, and i feel like he was doing that more so later on i mean i don't know nah you know what no nah, i think there was, there was there was a there was footage from the stop the violence um 
movement, video, like shoot, like self self destruction shoot. Um, and that shit blew my head because it was like all my favorite, not all, but it was like it felt like all my favorite rappers, MCs, whatever, um, together elite, in right? one space. Right. I was just like, you know, the beat, the beats kind of changing when like, like um, I think the funky drummer comes in when when it's Flav and Chuck. You know what I'm saying? And Flav and Chuck were like unstoppable to me. That was that was the craziest. Like when I saw Night of the Living Bassheads, I like lost my shit. I was mm. like, what? What is this? Like this that video is just different. MC Light is one of the the um the news anchors and whatnot. The not news anchors. She's she's like on the scene. She's like on the scene reporter. Um, so yeah, I mean, it gave me a a, a different perspective and view view into things that were happening else elsewhere you know what i'm saying like in other parts of the city i was from in other neighborhoods um to other people you know what i mean so yeah i don't know it was like certainly certainly eye-opening and certainly something that i was i guess back when i was a kid like seeing that i had to make space for this sort of thing you know like i had to sort of i'd just be open to different experiences, you know what I mean? To like people's other experiences. There was no coverage of our rap heroes. If they would just give us five seconds, we were waiting. I was waiting. Somebody had to start it. It's like Moses and the apostles. It's biblical for us. Video music box, Ralph McDonald, that's the only thing we had. It's a big boom box and it shows videos. It was really a video mixtape in the beginning. Shit, I'm on video music box. I want to give a shout out. Oh! Everybody thought hip hop was just going to be a face. No, Ralph carried it on his back like Santa. Seeing people that look like you, unapologetically hip-hop, unapologetically black. It empowered a whole culture. Even in the darkest times of hip-hop, he brought that bright light. I'm your VJ, Ralph McDaniels, on Video Music Box. If you're ready, let's get busy. You're coming up at a time when rap is being played on radio shows, but it's, it's few and far between at this point, like you said, outside of these mixed shows that were happening later on. It's pre-internet. What are your memories of radio developing during that time? And what is it that those pioneers, like you said earlier, Mali and Red Alert, what is it they taught you about DJing? They, I mean, honestly, the way that those mixed shows operated as far as the the sonic vocabulary that it laid out, that that those shows laid out, I uh, there's there's nothing that's really uh, there's nothing, yeah. You know, like the way that they were mixing records, you know, like they just had no. It was kind of a, a no no boundaries um, sort of anything goes in a way. Like especially when by the time like Pete Rock would join Marley, it was it was a wrap. Cause it was cats have like three or four turntables and mm. they were just letting records blend on top of each other for minutes on end. Like it was pretty insane what, what cats were doing with, with, you know, no Serato, no, you know what I mean? No sync options, none of that, you know, no quantizing or whatever. Like it was like straight up just like wizardry on, 
on wax, you know what I'm saying? On, on, on the decks and whatnot with wax. And like, um, you know, you'd hear like, you get a whole history lesson in, in that little time period, you know, and, and, and also just the bending of, of these things that are like pre-existing sounds and, and messages and whatnot. So you'd hear like a James Brown ble- being blended underneath, you know, um, the salt and pepper, you know, um, everybody get up or you'd hear like soul to soul going into public enemies, like, rebel out of pause um instrumental but you hear that instrumental you hear like the bomb squad loops going on for minutes on end so it just it starts to almost resemble the the sounds of the cityscape mm. that like siren you know the horns turns into the horns really like i think the intent i feel like the intention there was to replicate the sounds that they were hearing when they were out side or when they were inside and in their like in their spaces like sirens and you know that was like the first noise you know what i'm saying that was like the first mm-hmm. noise record i was like um magnetized to so to speak and like something that i could recognize as as cacophonous sound that was turned into um that was created in it for like a musical context so to speak um and I just think like, I just think like there was just a lot of, it was, it was, it was lawless and it was, it was, it was rebellious. And it was, that's, that's the type of energy that I kind of like took away from all of that. Cause that, that shit is just forever, ever, ever, ever. Like when I go back and like, listen to like, like you can find some of those rips online. You can find some of those rips on like YouTube or archive.org or whatever. And like, when you listen to those things, like, I I I re, like I remember certain certain moments where like I just remember certain blends and certain things where I was like all right this is it just takes me it takes me back to that era you know what I mean it takes me back to that time and um I don't know there's a whole learning there's a whole bunch of it's an environment you know what I mean it's like it's cast were just on some different time so like seeing that go from that to then you know, you have Flex kind of leading um, as far as the DJ is concerned. Um, the the transformation of Hot 97 from its dance music station or its dance music programming into, which was dope. Back then it was dope. It was, it was you know, every all the, you know, like freestyle and, you know, house and whatnot, you know, shit like that. So it was cool. Like I, that music is crazy um into you know they're letting them them giving him a little slot to play hip-hop as well then to see that go from that to then a whole station you know hot night seven is now a whole turned over into like the hip-hop station of new york city uh and then you have like the other college stations like you have obviously um you know Stretch and Bob on 89.9 by by 91, I want to say. It was a 90, 90, 91. Um, you know, you have WNYU, you have Martin Moore and Mayhem and DJ Riz and yeah. all those folks. And, um, you know, seeing these things spring forth and seeing like the, the frequency increase of all these, like across the dial too. Like you can, you can go across the dial and, and hear, um, a, you know, a, a rap being said or being performed 
uh, sometimes in more than one on, on more than one station um, by, you know, by like mid nineties for sure. By like the mid nine, by like 93, 94, you could definitely, you know, there'd be a, there'd be a moment in the night where you could, you could, you could dial surf and you could see, Oh, well, I don't like this song. Let me go to another station playing this music, you know, and mm. you could do that. That wasn't, that you that was a more limited situation back when I first started listening, dialing in, tuning in, or tapping in with the radio. Um, and you know, it it. I mean, by a certain point, it, it sort of, interestingly enough, it kind of got homogenized. Like the the sound itself, like it wasn't like. Don't get me wrong, Flex Flex used to do his thing. Like Flex would, uh, you know, especially in the night, like the the Jeep Beats era, like the ninety three ninety four era there was a lot of those party breaks uh like the masters at work stuff the, the crook and clan stuff all that stuff that like was getting played and, and mixed in and there was like the, the raga dance hall stuff with like you know super cat over like hip-hop type beats or whatever um and and same with r&b so like you had this this um not fluidity that's not the word i'm thinking of but like this like this like amalgamation of of uh, this sort of like outspringing of like hip-hop as a vocabulary and then bringing other sounds into it so to speak or other sounds tapping into that and then so now you're you're getting this like cross-pollination uh like this like of this like vocabulary across you know these very very signifiers oh it's a james brown loop oh it's uh you know it, um Lafayette Afro band loop, you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Right. Um, and yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's interesting though. Like I just, I just keep going back. Like, yo, there's nothing like those original, like the way that Red Alert and the way that Marley and Pete Rock, especially the way those cats did it was just super different. And then you can go back even further. Like, you know, you can go back and, this is before my time, so to speak, but like Doom mentions this in, in, in at least one instance in his RBMA talk, like where he talks about um, the Zulu Beach show and how they used to play like break beats with like dialogue over it, um, you know, dialogue from like films or cartoons or whatever. And like, that's sort of a similar form of lawlessness. And I guess like the, the so-called lawlessness that then took over or like captivated that which captivated me like the rebellious energy that which captivated me was going to like 80 89.9 like going to college radio after that because it was like okay whoa 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 now we're hearing songs with curses hearing people come in and you know spit freestyles etc cetera, etc cetera, and like just you know phone calls things things just kind of just getting out of control people cracking jokes on the air for like an hour you know what I'm saying? With like whoever's there, with whoever's calling up. You know, I'm talking about Stretch and Bob. I'm talking about mainly Stretch and Bob. All right, baby, do your thing. Now, nah, man, get that Luciano again. Now, nah, man. All right, brother. We get up. All right. He's out of Corona, everybody out there. JB, Junkyard, who's this? Woo! Ooh, get that out uh, your mouth. What you got in there? Competition. Get it out. Oh, my God. This kid is nice. Woo! That's Buffy. 
All right. Next caller. Hello. Woo, get it out your tonsils. I like this here. Yo. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Yo, what's up, man? Yo, what's up? How you doing, man? Chilling, man. Yo, yeah, this kid say... Football, all right, all right. All right yo, we got the beatbox on the other line. He's going to beatbox for you. Right. It don't sound like no bullshit. Let me kick it to y'all. Hosma with the freaky flow. Peace to stretch Armstrong and Bobito. 89.9, yo, it's time to kick the raw rhyme. Yes, the future says uh-huh. because that kid Lord said. Uh-huh. What up? Who the hell is you talking to this time of morning? Late night on Bobito. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Who is that? Ah, yeah, go keep ahead, boy. Going, Is that your mommy? You know what? Don't y'all try to be fucking smart, because I make sure neither one of you don't talk on the phone. <laughs> yo, just chill, yo. Hey, who this little old man on the phone? <laughs> yo, hang the phone up, yo. Yo, who this, man? Yo, hang the phone up. Yo, big face. Who's on the phone just now? <laughs> wow, he got caught out there. He's like, yo, man. Because I let you know. That was that was either his wifey, his mommy, or his <laughs> garani. His mommy. Say gobble, 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 gobble. Damn. Damn. Gobble. Wow, she's gonna bring it to him. Gobble. Uh. Woo. Uh-huh. Got to got to gobble. That was that was their whole like that was their gusto. That was definitely their bag. Um, more so than like Martin Moore, Mayhem, and them. Um. They were a bit more like, not I would say traditional, but in terms of hosting, I think they they didn't go too far out. Um, you know, they didn't have that free form uh, formlessness. I guess you could say that like Stretch and Bob and the rest of those CM cats uh, kind of carried. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, now I can't even listen. You know, like now it's hard to listen to the radio because it'd be like the same. I mean, for a long time, not even now. I mean. For decades, it's been like the same. The programming is just so, like, I don't want to hear the same 10 songs again and again and again. You know what I mean? Right, so it's right, like, right. Damn, it feels it's like, like, not to cut you short, but just nah, adding on to what you're talking about, it feels like right now, or at least for the past couple of years, what it's felt like is that people that listen to the radio don't listen to albums, and people that listen to albums don't generally listen to the radio. Facts. Right, right. Because there is that split. There's that, like, there's the division of, I don't know, listening style, maybe, listening, you know, um, I don't want to say commitment, but just a different, maybe a different intent, perhaps. I mean, like, you're, 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 people, I don't want to, like, people tap in and listen to radio or listen to, like, let Spotify, like, like let an algorithm kind of like dictate their, their listening for the moment. Um, that's not something I personally deal with or prefer or like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't love that at all, but I'm not going to knock you if that's your style or whatever. It's just, um, it's just a different way of tapping in. And I think mm-hmm. like, with those options it's it's definitely created another sect of the populace who of listeners who you know who are just kind of uh how you like armchair listeners you know what i mean like like i mean you know i don't want to call lazy listening like that's been that's been it's been referred to as that but it's just that thing of like all right well there's this they'll kind of eat whatever's 
in front of them type shit. <laughs> like that doesn't sound any better either, but you know what I mean. How do you frame yeah. it without it sounding a certain type of way though, right? I mean, I I might I probably I yeah, it's probably always gonna sound a certain type of way coming from me because I have my like strong opinions on on certain things. So, you know, I can't I can't really lie. I can't, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna lie to you. So Exactly. <laughs> and filter the truth. What's interesting <laughs> is how far we've come from public radio and the audiences of public radio to mm-hmm. podcasters and their audiences, which if you, you could argue that over the years, there's a commonality with the host now being a curator. How are you navigating your curatorial practices as a bedroom DJ at this point, making pause tapes? Ah, okay. So we're taking it. Okay. So you're taking it to my like junior high school, high school years. The reason, you know, what's interesting. The reason why I mentioned my cousin in this situation too, is he's the, he's the cat who like really out of any, like, cause I was 10, you know what I mean? I'm like 10 years old. This cat had, um, a double, like a, a, a double cassette deck, little boom box. Right. So right. he was making tapes. We were making tapes of like video game soundtracks you know, he would take the, but his, his deck had an internal mic. So he just like, he'd, he'd place it close to the TV and record, you know what I'm saying? And like, we record like our favorite, like Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo or Turbo Graphics PC engine, you know, for all the European and Japanese folks. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know I mean, like, yeah, we just listen to, we'd like, just play like the background music um, in this, from the sound tests of these video games and make kind of like a mixtape of like our favorite, you know um scores or whatever so to speak sure. same thing with like doing like he dubbed thriller and bad and maybe even what was that what was the album right after um bad um the shit with remember the time and all that um was that history was that history no, no it was right before history um it's a joint with black or white and all that but anyway that those three michael jackson albums got like dubbed via mike so yeah he might have only had a single i forget but okay. he showed me this thing about like he he kind of opened me up to like cassette tapes and dubbing and and using um that technology to sort of so-called curate a listening experience right, right. so from that point on a year or two later i'm messing around my my parents stereo um similar setup except without the internal mic um, but I still had the record function. I had a nice pause button on that thing. So I was just like, you know, surfing, just listening to the radio and like mm-hmm. catching whatever I could catch. Um, and, you know, hitting that pause button as soon as I hear like the first semblance of something that I didn't have yet on tape or that I needed or whatever, you know, some moment in time. Right. So it's like, that's like my like foray, like my, my entry into archiving, et cetera, et cetera. Like, okay, like this is, this is this point in time when I'm in junior high school, you know, I mean, this is this point in time when I'm like, in, you know, yeah, like summer of eighth grade right before, like, you know, summer eighth grade for me, I mean, summer of really leading into freshman year, you know, ninth grade or whatever freshman year for me, high school was um, the purple tape, 95. So like that, I mean, that was a whole other thing. That's a whole other, 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 other thing, but like, becoming like going from like pause tapes and making them shits and then going to school with them and showing, you know, and, and trading tapes too. Like 
Mm. It was the first instance of like dial-up internet and CompuServe and America Online and all that shit. Uh, I was on CompuServe. I didn't have AOL. Um, you know, BBS like bulletin boards and things of that nature. People put like you finding this like your 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 tribe and like various like weird corners of the internet being like this one person's like yo i, I make mixtapes and it's just like i hit hit that person up it's my you know this this cat walter from delaware and like we uh-huh. become like pen pals basically start trading tapes and like you know it turns out we both have like similar tastes or whatever and um you know that's just how that shit grows like you you know a couple years later i'm at bobby Do's footwork downtown and my man boz tck he's just like yo gives me a flyer he like takes a flyer and, and takes a marker and he starts writing down all these screen names and he passes them to me he's like yo these are the people you want to talk to on the on the aim on the you know instant messenger right. uh these are the homies like these are the homies in cali and hawaii whatever whatever and, and um and wherever and so i was just like i right, bet and then like that was a late night crew so like you know just making friends and making tapes for people being like this is where this is what's happening where i'm from you know, where I'm at in the, in the world type shit. And like, it was cool. I mean, it was a little nice little network. I mean, from like the kids in my class being like, or like the kids in my school who were just like, yo, like gang, like you need to, you need to be a DJ. Like this is, you're too deep in the liner notes. Like, you know, too much about music to not be playing this shit for like a, a room full of people or whatever, or like to not be making mixtapes, like with like turntables. And I'm like, okay, so freshman year of high school is when that all kind of changed I you know I got a job I was I was working you know for my uncle and I got an ophthalmologist office job um after school filing and you know saved up some bread and um you know by like end of 95 I had I had a little little starter kit turntable set up and yeah for that point on it was like okay well what am I what am I getting my like influences from like at that point it was like evil d like dj evil d on the mm. radio he was on hot 97 um I, he had a monday night slot i don't remember if he had a different slot at any other point but i remember him being on mondays because he got replaced later on a few years later by dj clue who we all hated because we were we were like man fuck clue like he he's he don't he doesn't even play wax he's on dat tapes like he doesn't even blend <laughs> shit he don't know how to DJ. Like he don't know how to cut. Whatever. He's trash. Like we used to. Like we straight up did not like that guy. And like he just. It turns out like he was like he's a cocky. Like he's like yeah. a pretty arrogant person or whatever. Um. So fucking. I don't. I don't care. Anyway. Uh. You know. Cool. Some cool freestyles. Some cool exclusives. Some cool mixtapes and shit. No doubt. no doubt. But. Um. You know the people I was really getting my like. I guess. Uh, my squabbles up from is it was it was like evil d stretching bob for sure so my playlists like so-called playlists my track list not we didn't call them playlists my track lists on the tapes would be like this like mixture of like things that i wanted to be as quote-unquote like exclusive and rare you know like you're just trying to have like that like your own lane or whatever so you're not playing like the singles maybe you'll play like one single first tape i probably was playing all singles like i was probably playing all the most popular shit because i was just trying to like you're learning right you find yeah right yeah you know you're showing people like you know you know this and that but like later on um what did again mixtape sound like what 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 were you (laughs) including on those tapes back then 
I mean, yo, it was it was everything from like, you know, trying to get my intro, my 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 spoken intro and shout outs. Like I was trying to definitely shout people out on the mic. Um, freestyles, like it was me and a couple people, like we would just write little rhymes and like, you know, rhyme over instrumentals and then cut up, you know, cut in the song or whatever, whatever. Just like Lazy K was a big inspiration. Uh, you know, doo-wop was definitely in there. Of course. Um, obviously Kid Capri, you know what I mean? Ron G, um, all of them, like a lot, a lot of folks in that, in that realm, in that era, um, double R, um, Jibo, the pro and double R, like, I mean, their, their blend tapes were crazy. So like, there were definitely some R&B blends, some dance hall blends. Um, and like, you know, things that were, I don't know, like a bunch of anything that I could really find that was like, not the first thing that the radio was playing. So like, um, like things that you could only hear on like mixed shows or whatever. And like B sides even. So like, it would be like, you know, I'd hit up Rock and Soul on, on, in the '30s, uh, in the West '30s. One of one of one of the sort of legendary record stores that kind of like survived through the time, so to speak. I don't know if they're still around anymore, but that was one of my spots. Like every weekend, hit up Fat Beats, hit up Rock and Soul, and um, you know, with a couple of my peoples, and like we just go digging and we just like split. Like we take all of our money, pull it in, and like be like, all right, like I'm getting these records. Which ones are you getting? And we would just like make tapes from for like from like that Saturday to Sunday, like sleep over at my crib, you know what I mean? And just make oh. tapes. So it, it was a lot of like there's some bootlegs, there's some white labels, whatever we could find in the bins, plus like um, you know, just whatever singles and that after a minute, I started getting a hype to like roll up in these offices and being like, yo, I'm a I'm a mixtape DJ, like, can you give me promo copies? So like the first spot I hit up was Duck Down, and like it was right when Helter Skelter was beginning their nocturnal promo. They had just been on stretching stretching Bob on Hot 97 when stretching Bob had a Sunday slot, Boogie and the Barber on Hot 97. It was like 96. I rolled up in the Duck Down the day after and met, you know, like Drew Down, Buckshot, seen him, um, and met met Ruck. Like as I was like leaving, Ruck was coming in. I gave him that. I was like, yo. You, Y'all killed it last night. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? And that was like boot camp. Boot camp was like my favorite shit. Like some of my favorite shit ever. Like I got a jacket, I had a coach's jacket with my first name, my first DJ name embroidered on it and shit. Like yeah. I'm so tight. I'm so tight. I don't have that anymore. Like I gave that shit to my pops. <laughs> this, this like large white man is just wearing this, not large, tall. Um, white dude on the Upper East Side in Manhattan is just like wearing a duck down coach's jacket for like, years later like like you know well into the 2000s it's just like uh if anyone were to see that I'll, i think that would be like a large head bust but like yeah what was your dj name back then uh, technique t-e-c-n-double-e-k so you Classic. know very very yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that was i mean that was when it, that's that's when i first started and then it became right uh then it was it was like I got into like the, I really got into like my co-flow, my mm. nonfiction, you know, Sons of Man, uh, sort of like big rhyme, big rhyming, crazy sort of like read wild books kind of bag. And, uh, you know, Behold the Pale Horse was one of them. And, you know, just like my sci-fi paranoid dystopia bag. Right, and shit. right, and like, right. Um, that was, uh, it became 
uh dark matrix so that and people kept people people would think i, I said dot matrix like the like the, the the printer at the time or whatever some like printing technology but yeah dark matrix uh and that was i think might even been before the movie i'm not sure but then it became gray type um and then i think i was still i was definitely djing for adam's family with the the matrix name and then there was another Matrix. Um, I think it was in House of Reps, I want to say. It was like Matrix and Jedi and um, AL Skills and all of them cats. But uh, I think there was a Matrix who was rolling with House of Reps. So like I kind of that's also why I like was like I need to add a different flip to this if I want to like run around with this name or whatever. And then I think I like changed my name pretty quickly after that because I was like, yeah, you know, I want to be on my own shit. So I, I yeah. What's going on if you are still listening to this episode and enjoying the podcast? Why not become a patron of Fly Fidelity at patreon.com slash flyfidelity. Becoming a patron means you are directly supporting our show and helping us to create a new episode each and every week. It also means that as a thank you for being a super supporter, you'll be able to access exclusive content to you including patron updates, offers and discounts, a monthly secret podcast, early access, and so much more. You're DJing, DJing in 95, 96, 96? Mm-hmm. Definitely by 96. Definitely 96. by 96. Got yeah, it. Like doing doing mixtapes and then like house parties and things of that nature. Or like even school, school parties too. <laughs> You remember seeing your name in a flyer for the first time? That was actually that was a while later. Not for nothing. That was a while later. Um, maybe that's due to the production value that that was lacked. That was lacking. And uh, yeah, I don't think I saw my. I don't think I had a name on a flyer until like my name on a flyer until like 2002 when I did my first solo like rap show and i was at cbgb's um basement the gallery my man despot um hooked up the flyer for me so that nice. was yeah i have i have one somewhere i, I definitely still have like, i found one like when i was moving out of my parents crib last i don't know many 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 moons ago for like the second time um <laughs> so yeah it was it's pretty crazy to watch until i like, look at it. i was like oh shit like i mean you know not gonna throw that away of course, um, always have course. one copy. But yeah, that was that's cool. Which which takes us to spots like the New Recon Poets Cafe and Wetlands. Can you talk about that period as a watershed moment where anyone back then into underground hip hop would find themselves? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the New Recon had its uh, share of events every month. Um, Bobito Garcia and Rocky um la montagne la montagne um they they would you know co-host or you know curate organize these events um like all that was a wednesday words was a saturday um there was and there were other joints like but those were the joints that like we would always see flyers for those were the monthly joints um bob would host them um, all that was they, they they both had like an open mic component as well as like a performance um like showcase kind of component right so it was like you'd be there at least once or twice a month if not more um 
it was also about staying after the show and staying for the ciphers outside. Uh, so that'd be the ciphers going on till three, sometimes four in the morning. Um, and you know, mind you, these events would probably, these shows would probably end around like 11, 11, 30, 12 o'clock max. Like they wouldn't go any later than that. So like, we'd just be out on the street for a long time <laughs> with a, with one of those Sony, you know, shout out to the yellow Sony, classic yellow Sony boom box and, you know, camcorders would be out, um, various other recording devices and, and certainly just loops, loops and loops and loops on cassette. Um, just, you know, instrumentals or whatever, and just cats going, going off or whatever. Um, who was out? Who was freestyling back then? Who would you catch on the street? Who was a regular? Yeah. I mean, shit. Um, I got a shout out. I mean, when I was going to, when I was going there, it was definitely, it was definitely, um, like house of reps, cats, um, oh. you know, AL skills, punchline, um, words, words worth. Um, so a lot of the cats that actually like eventually were like popped up on like the lyricist lounge show, uh, and, and like the, you know, like the compilations or whatnot. Um, mm. who else? Pumpkinhead, Rest in Power. Um. What about most stuff? Nah, I never, I, I only saw him at this one show in line at this one show. Um, actually, that was, that was a whole other thing. That, that was a different spot. It's called Planet 28. Now, that was a spot that was on 28th Street, which is not really, it was on the West 28th Street and it wasn't like, uh, it was a place where like folks perform. Like, it was probably the first, I think that was the first place I ever saw the arsonist perform. Um, and some other folks as well. But like, I remember one, one time we went there, it was like a, it was, a, it was like with the first Adams performance. I think I, I DJed and it was the first one in a while. Like they had performed at the wetlands and and I think, you know, in various mini groups had performed at the New Rican um, by that point. But after a bit of a hiatus and some time building and rebuilding, um, reforming the crew and cutting some people out. Um, we had, we had this show at plan 28 in line is most deaf. Um, at the time, you know, Yasin now, um, right. while we, when we got in the venue, old dirty was there, uh, being wild, disrespectful to like every woman, uh, every femme in there. Um, just trying to, just trying to like kick wild, disrespectful, disrespectful game because he, he kicked some shit to my man, Shamar's cousin. And she, she told us exactly what he said. And it was like, that's not cool. Like, he wanted to fight this cat. Like he wanted to beat the shit out of dirt. Like he was like, nah, like you can't talk to you know my cousin like that. That's crazy. Uh, dirt was far, far, far gone by that point. Um, MOP right. were there. MOP were there. And one of their peoples was going to fight us. Um, because my man told him to shut the fuck up. Uh, and then, but, but like dance and fame, like held, like held him back and was like, cause heads were on stage and we were having sound issues or whatever. So it was funny just cause like some routing, some weird technical shit. Like the mic was being routed through the same channel as the DAT or some shit. So like every time you turned up the mic, the beat was too loud. Every time you turn up the mic, the beat would get louder. So it would just be more distorted point being, I was like, I see Mr. Complex, and Mr. Complex was one of those first cats. He, J Live, uh, who else? I had a couple heads over at the crib. J Treads, um, 
a few other heads or whatever. Come on, come over to like my bedroom and like freestyle on tapes. Like once I started to get like went by like 97 or so, like nine, like late 96, 97, I started to really get into like I like reaching out to heads. You know, what I mean that's how mm. I got in the whole whole full with Adams because like I just called the number of my man Tage, shout out to Tage. He gave me the uh the center of the web vinyl was like, yo, call the number. You should you should get Adams on on when your tapes to freestyle and like get Pumpkinhead and da, da, da. And I just I knew pump I knew of Pumpkinhead from like the Stretch and Bob freestyle and shit like that. Um or the Stretch and Bob demos or whatever. Right. So, so like, that happens anyway, over a call. That happens over a call. Like I called I called the number on the center of the web vinyl. It's cryptic. Cryptic picked up. We spoke for like two hours while it was a Thursday. So we had Stretch and Bob on the background while we're on our landline talking wow. to each other, spitting raps for each other, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, Adams would be there definitely at, at the New Yorkian, um Cyphers. Um, shit, who else? Uh, Dugius. Uh, Dugius was like this, like, they were like three MCs plus a band, plus the band, right? And then That's like, right. But my man Apex, AKA Alex Gale, Who's, who's still writing um you know very much currently um he was like my favorite one though he was the bassist but yo he was crazy with the words like he was crazy with the freestyle shit so like i have i have footage of him in a in a, in a red and black north base um uh, just saying crazy shit like he was definitely on some like like high vocabulary type shit um but like super slick with it so yeah like those cats would be out there um, yeah, I don't know. But like, yo, the Planet 28 shit was wild because like I seen my man, Mr. Complex, and I seen he had a drummer and I was like, yo, can we get your drummer to 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 to, to play something for us or whatever? Because like these beats are not rocking, like we can't do shit. And these turntables are on like springs. Like, they have like turntables on like these hydraulics. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. The needles jumping all over the place. And like, I bet. So the drummer gets on and then Alaska, Vortal cryptic and i don't remember who else was there bass was definitely there too because i know bass went up to most of um in line just gave him props and shit um uh they all rhymed or whatever and this is right after the whole like yo get off stage da, da, da. like some being heckled by like one of mop's peoples and then ford will be like yo shut the fuck up like who said that shut the fuck up <laughs> and then like ruckus in the crowd whatever cats spit their shit and then we get off stage and fame and I, I believe it was fame and dance gave us love like gave us wild love like yo that shit was dope like keep doing what y'all doing though so like there was like nah like there's ain't going to be no beef y'all are good and it's like that so that was cool that was really cool um and wetlands was another just another spot that like and you know tuesday i seen like sons of man on like a tuesday you know what i'm saying i've seen like thurston howe before anyone really you know way before any of his records ever came out. Like, it was like a show with J Treads. I went for J Treads. I didn't know who Thurston Howe was. Thurston Howe, it was like, no one really knew, but like only Low Lowlifes did. So like my man Vaz was there throwing the L's up and shit. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? So it was just like J Treads, Thurston Howe and some other heads on like, yeah, like again, like a Tuesday or Wednesday, like, you know. Um, and then later on, you know, I'm there like filming Doom for like, maybe his third or fourth show, you know, the Crazy. joint where he, he has the red bandana and the Jets jersey and the cowboy hat. Um, so, you know, and that's like, two, that's like 99, 2000. I think that's like 2000. Um, so yeah, you know, again, again, like 
we, you know, I've seen Killer Priest, as I said, I've seen Co-Flow there, I've seen Organized Confusion, Equinox era, uh, Rhyming Over Triumph when that was new, like the instrumental for Triumph was like, it's like when that shit dropped, it was like, oh, is that new Wu-Tang? You know what I mean? That's like one of the first shows I went to at, at Wetlands. It was Organized Confusion hosting a, a ITF DJ, like eliminations or something. So it was just like hours of people scratching and doing tricks and beat juggling. And I was just like, crazy, wow. But then like, and there were performances by like three, four in the morning. I'm getting in mad trouble when I'm coming home because my pops is like, yo, like, what time do you get home? <laughs> it's just like, yo, you're 16, <laughs> like you're bugging out. And I was just like, well, I mean, it was a show. I was good. I was with my man June. Like, you know what I mean? My man June was like older by like four or five years. So he was like, you know, he was, he was like, he was legal. Like he was going to the clubs and shit. He was going to like Palladium and all that shit. Like he was definitely getting his, like, I, I wasn't a club kid. I wasn't in the club like that. So I, I missed all the, I'm definitely, I definitely was not old enough for like any Latin Quarter, Union Square, none of that shit. Um, but yeah. This is or, way or, back, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Mars even. Like I was, that was, that was, um, you know, that was before my time. But uh, New York and Wetlands, Vinyl, um, Tramps, spots like that again you know plan 28 brownies like those spots were the ones that like we were we were definitely going to sobs would have like the bigger shows so yeah so did you realize there was this power and significance in this archiving that you're doing back then did you realize what it was you were doing back then and yeah i mean i knew i wanted to to record things to, to show them to friends. Like I knew I wanted to like have these moments captured to then like rewatch myself. Cause that's what I was used to doing off of the radio. Right. Like it was like, right. I like, you know, and also on my VCR, like I'll be, I have tapes and tapes and tapes and tapes of like video music box moments or like, um, just whatever BET moments or, you know what I'm saying? Rap city video soul, even shit like that. Like anyone who was interesting or like any videos that I was fucking with at the, at the time, or we were fucking with as a collective at the time, like I was trying to have everything on, on, on tape. And like, mind you, this is this, you know, there was a station called the box that was an inner, well, not international. It was a countrywide, um, for the most part station. So like you'd have people requesting videos, calling in, they're like these little, you know, um, a little like scroll of like what videos they had on the menu and you can call in and tap in the code and like for like a dollar or two, you, you know, a couple dollars, like you would get the video put into the queue and like you'd eventually have your video shown. Uh, there's the infamous story about like Ja Rule and Cash Money Click when they first started and they got the, they had to get the fortune video out and the For My Click video with Mike Geronimo and like they just spent while they called told all their peoples and spent wild bread like requesting over and over and over again like they're they're to get the fortune video and that shit like got them signed and and like got them a lot of attention or whatever like that's what blew them up so to speak made it like a street hit yeah. just because they like put the muscle to it which is kind of which is cool you know but like that that station you can kind of like maybe once or twice did I, did I recall, like, did I ever call in, request the video and then with the, with the intention to tape it, you know, to like add it to like my like visual archive. Um, but then even them, they didn't have all the videos. They had some rare shit, but oh, they had some good shit, but like, you know, Ralph McDaniels, like nothing beat like rap, um, video music box, like, you know, 
he would just be because you'd have like a random moment where like old dirty's rhyming over broken language at some club and it's just like ralph was there you know what i'm saying or like jay-z's like first performance and you know out of you know as reasonable doubt era like early performance or whatever like when he's like bringing out foxy for like you know people going crazy and like you just having that on the tape too as like a little interlude between the videos and whatnot like i was just approaching that shit to any recording i did i just i i did it with intentional like intentionally to to rewatch to like revisit at some point and in those days it was to revisit pretty damn quickly like i was like ah like this is what i'm gonna be watching for the next week <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna memorize like these like freestyles from the cypher or whatever just so i'm like studying the shit too like you know i'm i'm in, I'm in my teens so i'm just trying to soak it all in you know what i mean it was definitely that kind of i was a sponge by that point so um did i know did i have the vocabulary like around it as like archiving and no, no of course not right. um it was just it was just you know what you did it was just what you did yeah really like you know you had a few heads who who, who had camcorders um you had a few heads who had these collections of tapes and whatnot they you know sometimes some some heads bought all the the mixtapes um and it would just would have this mean collection of like every tape from this one dj or these djs you know like they just have like their tony touch collection or their whatever you know what i mean their kid capri collection and it's just like damn like that shit is a gold mine right there you know like that's actual you know these are all moments like put on to you know uh, on on like magnetic tape and it's just like damn you know, some of the shits are not, you know, not on the, they're not on the internet. Like, it's, you, some of them shits are not even, a lot of them joints don't even, didn't even make it to Discogs and all like that. So you can't even really catalog it, like, in that way. You know what I mean? Um, it There's is a beauty in that, though, right? Yeah. No, truly. It's like that, that whole shit of, like, you had to be there. But, like, without right. trying to, like, sell it as you had to be there. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to just be like, yo, I was there, you weren't. Like, it's more just like, you know. Oh, there's so much stuff I think about. Oh, there's a, there's a few things I think about um, that I wish I would have had, you know, the presence of mind to like bring my camcorder out for that or for that show or for like, you know, just had it had a tape ready, you know what I mean? Or just I would, certain things I lost too. I'm just like, damn, man, like this shit got taped over or the tape got ate, eaten up or tape got broken. You know, I'm just like, man. And I know what was on it. You know what I mean? You, you know what you're missing. You're like, damn. And then also be real, like heads are getting older. Like a lot of this shit, like these are these are these are people who are now in spirit. You know what I mean? Some of these people are now in yeah. spirit. Like they exist in a certain plane, in a different plane now than 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 they once did when you first saw them or when you first were with them. So it's like all that shit is yeah, it's wild. It's different than like it's different than like a photograph, but you know, not to take away from the beauty of a 35 millimeter, um, you know, uh, still like still, still of life, you know what I'm saying? But like, right. there's yeah. a difference, right? It is, right. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing this person move still, you see, you're hearing their voice or whatever, you know what I mean? So, um, and in some cases you're seeing them do what they were doing. Like you see them doing their fucking wizardry and like, you're like, damn, like this is, this is something else. I'd like to thank you all for joining us this evening. 
enjoy the games that I win at and stay the same with more rhymes and it's ways to skin cats. As a matter of fact, let me rephrase. With more rhymes and ways to fill a felines in these days. Watch the path of the black one. Super villain, you reps, clubs, and dealt. In the drunken stupid chilling. Ready and willing to inadvertently fall that plan of any rhymer, wanna or spoil brat. Who got more snottier flows and snotty nose and holds mics like he knows karate body blows? Nobody knows. Speaking of moments, do you have a favorite doom moment? Uh man. There's a lot. I mean, I can't. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. I mean, I went to I seen Doom like four or five times. Nice. Um and it was all pre, it was all like pre-Victor Vaughn, I feel like. It was all just Dooms, Doomsday. I mean, some of it was pre-Doomsday. You know what I mean? It was like the shit leading up to Doomsday. So like, there's the New Eureka show um, that is like the first time he performed live, so to speak. There's like a flyer, there's a debate. There's like a flyer out there in a book that, states that he had performed a year before at, at a words showcase, but all the people who would have been there, including the performers who were on that flyer, no one can recall Doom. No one re- can recall that ever happening. Like, so Doom might've been on the flyer, but maybe he didn't make it that night. Um, Cause he's, uh, to, to be real, like, and you know, heads who know, know, like Doom wasn't in the mix like that. Doom was not, at open mics, rubbing elbows with people and fucking socializing and shit. Like he's he wasn't that dude. Like that's that that's a that's that's revisionist history and and, and all these like um, you know uh, eulogizings of like his his so called legacy or or his legacy, but like so called eulogizing. I guess I could say like right. Nah, that that wasn't the case. Like I was. Fam, like we were there, dog. Like we were there, and we were there in community. Like, I, like my people's RCM. You know what I'm saying? Like my people's managed him. You know what I mean? Like in those early, early, early moments, connected him to Keo and all that shit. So it's like, nah. <laughs> like I can tell you, it's, it's absolutely not that. I never met Doom myself, but I could absolutely tell you that, like for sure, that no, nah, like Doom was not just hanging out the near weekend and just on, on any old weekend or whatever, like that wasn't happening. So when he did appear, when he was doing a show, it was like, yeah, we're going to see this shit. Cause also like, there was that like allure around him that like around his like elusiveness, you know what I mean? There was, a, there was that like, you know, it's, I mean, still people are still trying to like decode the fact or like, you know, process the fact that this is Zev Love X years later, you know what I'm saying? Damn near almost a decade later, not a decade exactly, you know, but like almost a decade later, right? Uh, well, I guess um, from Gas Face, yeah, I guess. I think Gas Face was 89, I want to say, 88, 89, 89. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, about a, <laughs> about a decade later, right? So um, Doom, 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 doom. Favorite moments. Um, I mean, definitely that first New Eureka show was incredible um, because also I was just with, you know, it just, I remember the people I was with and, you know, I just lost one of my, one of my peoples who I was, who I can, you can hear in the recording that's now on the internet of that one, that one moment where he's doing Doomsday for the first time, like literally doing Doomsday. We've not, no one's heard this, like Stretch and Bob not, have never played this on the air. He's never spit this rhyme before. Like, 
no. This is the first time the whole room is hearing this shit. So, you know, the room is quiet, quiet. Every other song, the room is going crazy because, like, these are 12 inches that were out. And people, you know, taking those things in. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, I used to just take take a 12, get all my 12 inches, 12, get all the records that I bought that weekend and record them on a cassette tape. And then that'd be my Walkman, my, like, my, like, commute music. Going to school, coming back from school, in school, like whatever, I'd just be listening to music. I'd have one, one, at least one earbud in my ear, whatever. Um, so yeah, you know, I just, you know, rest in power to my man Gene, aka Mel's RYB. Um, yeah, he, you know, like hearing him in the rec in the recording is is something that will never change, right? Like that's 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 what I'm saying. Like, this is this is a moment where this cat is who's now like an ancestor at this point or like a spirit who's with me right like he's in this moment bugging out over the fact that it's a Sade sample like he like he heard it first like you could hear him go what like you could hear him scream and it's just like oh shit like he's like right next to me so like that's a that's always going to be a, a like a, a precious moment for me or whatever like a beautiful moment oh shit the wetland show was crazy uh it was he and megalon Curious came on, did the question. Uh, he pulled his bandana down, like so. He's, he's like unmasked for half of that show. There was a show of brownies, like I think his second show. He didn't have a mask at all, like he had nothing on, like just bare faced. Because um, I think he was still like figuring it out at the time too. So that was right. really, really cool to see, like see this like person who is by this point like kind of a vet. You know what I'm saying? Already, like he's already had like nine ten years in the in, in the shit right and like figuring out this new you know this new entity that he's 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 become right um and i'm looking for that one that one i'm looking for that that brownie show with no mask i'm looking for that i have that on tape somewhere but uh, i'm just praying 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 that i didn't lose it or that it didn't get recorded over or whatever and then um the joint where there are SOBs and that was a CMJ fest, early CM, well, not early, but it was a CMJ fest in like the early 2000s. And he and Megalon get into a fight on stage. Really? <laughs> like a full on, yeah, like a full on brawl or whatever. It's been like tweeted about in like weird, with like weird details here and there, but like it was definitely a CMJ fest at SOBs and they're doing the finest and, you know, um, like Doom like didn't, catch one of the ad libs he was supposed to catch or, or whatever they were just wild drunk and like they you know megalon looks at him crazy and pushes him they get to shoving each other and they start going the blows or whatever and like he gets megalon gets doom on his back on the floor on the stage and takes off his paintball mask and is whipping him with the mask like across his face like whap, 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 whap. and then megalon gets up and runs out the venue like beelines out the door and then Doom gets up with no mask on. His shit got, his like mask got like knocked off and like has this crazy grin on his face. And then, you know, jets out, jets out the venue after him. Like, like it's super cartoonish. Look, it was just crazy. Like the memory of it is, it's, it's hilarious. Shout out to my man, Commander Black, my man, Anton. He was, he was definitely there with me. Like we were like laughing. Like this is like, what is going on? Like people were like, oh. <laughs> the, the finest. As the life cycle goes on, goes on, and you learn to hold on, hold on, to things like the mic, the mic, and 
You learn to appreciate who's the, the nicest. What's the device? But who is the finest? Let's talk about Atoms fan for a minute. Mm, sure. Which at one point, there's a time when a crew was as deep as 35 artists. And you're <laughs> one of the youngest. You're one of the youngest at this point. I, I was probably the youngest ever, maybe? Probably. So in, in terms of that, you know, being a growing period for you, give me a sense of that atmosphere, running with Atoms fam and, you know, those formative experiences. I was, it was, it was, it was love, man. They uh, really, they welcomed me. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely have sort of spoken to this um, in, in various instances. I just like, I just, just like, I want to show my gratitude to cats like Cryptic and, and Alaska and, you know, just really like whoever else was around or whatever, you know, I still like Crip and Alaska, the only two cats really. And my man, Ammo, who used to go by MLF. Um, well, he had a whole number code numeric situation at the end of his name. I'm not going to repeat it. I, I don't even remember it. Um, but like, he was like, yeah, those are, the, those are the only three cats of that fold that I, I'm in communication with still to this day, or like, you know, that I've like reconnected with. Um, but you know, like Vast and Bortle, um, were like early, uh just because we were all in the we were in the city we were in manhattan and like somewhat close to each other so like that spawned our that proximity spawned our like kind of catered uh perpetuated the closeness in our in our in our friendship and our like kinship so to speak at the time so like they would always be at the crib we you know i go to their crib right here and there or whatever and like we just chill listen to stuff whatever um but yeah, it's like it was like it was definitely a lot of weekends going to Long Island, going to Cryptic's house because that was the the crypt. Uh, that was the the lab, you know. That was the studio. So there was times where it was me and Bortle linking up, and you know I'm carrying one heavy thing, and he's carrying like the other heavy thing. One being a a Techniques 1200 in like a wooden carrying case. And like we're going on the train and walking across town and going on another train and going to LIRR. Like it was madness. Like we were dead by the time we got to the studio, like <laughs> carrying a mixer, you know, just the shit was like heavy or whatever. Like those 1200s are, are fucking tanks. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Plus, like you put that in a wooden flight case, like that's not a game, my friend. That is some fucking weight. So, like, we're just taking turns carrying this shit through like Penn Station or whatever, like the most like just just traffic. Even though it's a weekend, it's still mad people or whatever. So like, um, well, but yeah, he's, yeah they, he's pretty young. It's not to cut you short, but he's pretty young himself at this point as well. He's what seventeen. Shamar was uh, Shamar was I think a year, two years older than I am. So like I was like say like I was seventeen. I think he was nineteen. Um, I think I met him when he was eighteen. No. Nah. I think I met him when he had just turned 19. Um, and I I think I was either 16 turning 17, I just turned 17, whatever. But right. yeah. So you've got yeah, a bad I mean, they, back. You both got bad backs. We got, we got, we got, or we got Popeye arms, whatever you want, you know, however <laughs> you want to attribute it. But yeah, um, they just made a lot of space for me, you know what I'm saying? And they 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 definitely were like, yo, like, okay, we see a role for you here. Like, I mean, Cryptic, Cryptic was was super like enthusiastic i mean a lot of those cats were like they definitely were like yo ron like da, 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 like you know 
it was it was getting my squabbles up in the cipher like just learning how to rhyme off the top like seeing these cats and being in awe like yo mm. seeing those cats rhyme for 90 minute like fill up whole 90 minute tapes just off the top of the head like and 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 then you know watching cryptic make beats in front of me i'm just like oh shit like you know or like you know i gave him like a little fill for this one one actually it's alaska it's actually out it's it got released it's um what's the joint called um it's an alaska solo on uh persecution of hip-hop that first compilation that crypt put out um anyway whatever yeah like there's my little co-production credit there but like it's not showing dope yeah yeah there's a couple like cuts that crip has that um he found that have i think that still have my cuts on them too um mike molest being one of them and there was a against the against the wall i think it was called um there's a couple of joints we did a lot of joints that never really you know made it out or, or got never got really finished so they, they might be on those like adams compilations that are on band camp or somehow like are around youtube or whatever but um that was the interesting thing about Atom's fam, wasn't it? The fact that they were respected more than they were heard at times. Well, yeah. I mean, Heads had a presence. Heads were outside. Like, Heads were very outside. Like, let's just put it like that. Heads had a presence um, and were certainly participants to the, I'd say, to the highest degree. It's just a matter of, like, you know, getting back into the studio with it. You had a lot of people with a lot of ideas and mm. people who were trying to find their voices too. Like, you know, Bortle was one of the cats who was like the most critical of his own shit. You know what I mean? So he'd be like, nah, like, I'm not fucking with that. We're like, what are you talking about? Like, that shit is crazy. Like your verse is insane or what? He's like, nah, nah, nah. Like it wasn't really till Ox, like right before Can Ox that he really was like, all right, like I like, I, like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I like that. Like he found his voice in Ox, like on Colvain. You know, like you could actually, mm. you could kind of trace it on record because there's a song, Metal Gear. Metal mm. Gear was the first Can Ox song. It's not Pigeon. Pigeon was the second Can Ox song. And then that was the first time Bortle stopped, like, um, he, like loudly projecting when he rhymed. Like on Metal Gear, it's a different, if you listen to that, listen to how he rhymes there, you listen to not for promotional use and like the other like Adams, Lucy's and whatnot that kind of like predate Colvane or Canox, yeah. you'll hear you'll hear a different Bortle. And then Bortle Mega is Pigeon and everything else on everything on Colvane. It's like when he's more laid back, when he has the more like using his natural speaking voice, like that's that's that was the voice that he found and tapped into and really like was making was like recording with and and, and I guess being happy with the recordings versus right. Yeah, it was just, it was ill just watching cats who I thought were like I was in awe of and just seeing them like still train, you know, still trying to put in those ten thousand hours and not being like content with like just any old thing that they did or whatever. Um, you know, not to say that there wasn't um, uh, there wasn't like an element of self sabotage in some of that. Um, we all have to shake out of that thing as like creators, you know what I mean? But Mm. And that took me a while. That took me a long time to like, it took me to my, in, into my thirties to like get out of that shit. Um, at least as far as like production and things of that nature.
Alec Wing Pigeon Birds of the same feather flock together, congested on a majestic street corner. I have passed this short time goal for most of them, because most of them would rather expand their wings and hover over greater things. That's what we call inspired flight by the pigeons that gotta eat pizza crust every night. And let there be light was understood when a mic stand descended from up and above into the hood. And if my face is worth a thousand words when it's scarred, I would only hope that two of those are cocoa and butter to heal the wounds of the tissue scarred and marked the death of my womb but i've graduated got my wings and you've got to let go of my constructed lego ego waffle halo hey yo i'm a black man with an african adams was crazy adams was like just blew my head open like i was just like what and like i just thought they were the illest illest cast on the planet type shit like i was just like damn like just because like i'm seeing the in the inner workings like i'm seeing like how these cats like literally i'm building these cats and seeing them build these these universes like, yo, right these universes right like these like holy shit okay like this is you're literally rhyming about all the shit that i'm like really interested in and like right. you know this could be like and it someone you know i was thinking about this shit the other day like someone called um someone interviewed me and i forget exactly what it was about but they they referenced adam's family and they, they said nerd rap and i was uh. like I was like, uh, and I actually like wrote wrote to them. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really appreciate that. Like, I don't really appreciate. I don't think, I don't think the heads would appreciate that. I don't know. Maybe not on some self serious shit, not some self important shit, but just like nerd rap is something different. Like, and that's also yeah. like no one was calling it that back then or whatever. You know, like it's it's nerd. Like, there's some nerdy shit happening. Yes, like we're talking about like you know fucking Akira and you know you know, so anime and, and transformers and sci-fi and all that shit, Aeon Flux and things of that nature. So like so-called like traditionally or whatever, conventionally nerdy shit, but like at the end of it all or whatever, like, nah, like we, we were still outside with it and cast was still definitely, you know what I mean? Like it was a, di- I don't know, it was, it's a different energy. Like I'd attribute nerd rap more so to what then would, what then was then called, being self-referred to as art rap, which was the anti-con shit and all that other bullshit. Mm, mm. I'm going to say bullshit for real, because that, uh, you know, and like I got into it with, uh, with Rory a couple years ago. Uh, actually, it was 2020. When, Milo? Um, there was that, Milo, yeah. There was that little, uh, there's that little article that um, came out about like art rap. And I was just like, man, what the fuck is art rap? Like, you know what I mean? I felt a way about it. I'm like, yo, art rap, like, this shit don't need to be segmented and, you know, put into some like other category or whatever. Like, yo, just let cats do what they do or whatever. You know, I get, I get the defining or like the chiseling out, like the agency of like self-definition in in terms of that. But also like, I think it's, I still think it's kind of corny. And also just, I just have a bad taste because the art rap I came up knowing was that of a very white that that which came from a very white space I and e. like anti-con right right absolutely anti-con no it was that like we they were calling themselves like you know intelligent intelligent rap art rap da 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 advanced you know music for the advancement of hip-hop or whatever whatever and like while it was tongue-in-cheek they're still doing that shit in front of a in a, in a room full of just only white collegiate kids or mm. like what you know white 
it's problematic collegiate dropouts yeah right and you know and there's there's a whole other thing with that but i ain't gonna get into that but yeah it's it's so i i put that into to you know to milo's ear in the dm or whatever he's like oh shit i didn't even know about that i'm like yeah that's the context that's that's 10 14 years predating open mic eagle or whatever as far as you know absolutely you know what it feels like to me Mm. just to chime in on classifying and what Go we're ahead. talking about. It feels like art rap is to hip hop, what the term elevated horror is to horror. Ah, right. It feels like there's a snobbery rooted within that. There you go. There you go. Like, I just, I'm not extent. jacking. No, 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 I'm with you. I'm not jacking any of the classifiers of, of any sort of, of rap, course. really. I don't, uh, mumble rap is like inherently racist. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like conscious yeah. rap is fucking stupid. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, all this shit is dumb. It's just, it's like, I get it. I get like what the utility of some of that is, but also like, let's just, I'm not here to perpetuate none of that shit. I'm not really rocking with any of that shit. Cause, cause really like nine times, eight to nine times out of 10, it's being used in a, in a way that's kind of shaky to me, like on some, on some like problematic shit, like, okay, like you're defining this on a level of so-called intellect or whatever. And that intellect is defined by understandings of traditionalism based in like places where access is, you know, and resources are gatekept and, you know, things are inherently racist in like academia institutions and all that, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I ain't with that. I'm with that shit. One of the things Alaska did a lot back then was record these two-minute verses for songs that were really less than seven minutes long. Yo. What did you learn from Atoms about being creative within your structure, and how did you manage to elevate those rules on your own terms and process music personally? Well, again, like I, I guess it goes back to the lawlessness of, of the radio and all that, too, right? Like, I don't really care about, like, traditional structure and whatnot like it's good to know like obviously it's great you like yes learn how to count a bar yes figure out like you know tapping in and and, and educating yourself in to some format forms or whatever is cool like it's that's that's great like i think there's it there's power in in understanding the found and understanding like foundational basics but you know we're not we're being realistic here none of us are making like this shit was more experiential. Like none of this shit is being made for a radio friendly program. You know what I mean? Like none of this shit is just made to be like, like we're not making music even to this day. Like we're not making music to be um, stream friendly, so to speak, you know, Spotify friendly. Like it's gotta be under a minute and, you know, it's gotta be under two minutes or whatever. Cause then you'll get more streams or whatever, whatever. Like it's not necessarily, no one's, I don't think anyone that I fuck with is really trying to do that. Uh, and before that, it was like, well, we're not, we're trying to just show, show the fuck off, like, or like, or, or, or show out more so. Right. Whereas it's like, the I, yeah, like, it's just like, fuck it. Like, if you could sit here and listen to me explode your mind for two minutes, like, you're one of us type shit. Like, you can, like, you could rock and, like, mm. you know, uh, no one's, no one's worried about, like, catchy hooks and things of that nature when it started to go that way when certain folks were i don't know under like the a lot of folks in the so-called underground 
by the by the turn of the 2000s or whatnot like they started to you know things started to change up like people got sick of um i think some of the guards um, i'm not guard but like i think some of the folks like changed changed up you know because they got bored of wherever they were at they want to challenge themselves and like a lot of that shit it was corny. Like it, I, it made me like not want to listen to any of that because I was like, Oh man, like, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Adams. I'm just talking about in general, like, sure. like, you know, the raucous stuff went from like co-flow and Sir Menelik and like shit that was like challenging in a way that I found magnetizing or like stimulating or whatever, but also like just new, you know, like to then becoming like a, like almost like a parody of what the mainstream traditionalists were doing you know what i'm saying like mm. where i was like okay like there's a jiggy like you know we gotta make our jiggy record or we gotta make our little pro you know and then people got weird too like people doing like weird pen and pixel kind of like i don't know that shit was just like ugh, come on g like let me just pass me the next who kid tape i, I want to hear like cnn i, I don't want to hear this shit i want like <laughs> you know what i mean like that's why I was, that's where i went to like cam and you know, double like the locks and D block, all that shit, state property of mm, by the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, nah, like, I'm not really, I'm not jacking any of this shit. I was, I stopped. I, Doom was kind of the only Doom and Ox were kind of the only reasons why I was going to shows past the two thousands at those, um, those like haunts and whatnot. Uh, you know, yeah, because like everything else wasn't really that appealing to me anymore. You know, I mean, right of that scene or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm missing, I'm probably missing a few heads and I'm, you know, but like sure. really just being awesome. Like, let me just burn it down to the, to the, to the sort of like the finest examples in my mind of the moment, you know? And then the folks I was, the other folks I was fucking with, they weren't doing shows. Like, you know, I don't, I don't remember like Scaramanga doing many shows, Godfather Dawn, even that, by that point, I had kind of fallen out of love, uh, you know, with some of Dawn's stuff. Um, I loved his Hydra years. The the album that came after that, I didn't really. I feel like he was he was trying to tap in with some of the more mainstream sounds. And like, I'm not saying it's it's whack or whatever. It just wasn't my bag. Like, I I loved Seeds of Hate. I loved, you know, uh, Properties of Steel and you know, uh, Seven Degrees and all that shit. Like, I loved that Colors of Death and all that. Like. Yeah. him getting on his like you know his um whatever cerebral you know horror bag or whatever um but yeah I, shit as far as like the lessons and and sort of like my the things that i took it, again it just goes back to like going against the grain of like traditionalism it's it's definitely like that thing of like well shit like there's people who are out here who are like myself and who are you know who want to get, you know, who want to feel it or who feel it in a certain different way than like three, you know, two or three sixteens and a, and a, and an eight bar hook and, or whatever, like some form of traditionalism, like, nah, fuck that. Like we can hack this shit and, and, you know, flip it any old way or whatever, kind of like flip it in our own way. You know what I'm saying? And like, shit, if I want to rhyme over or not me, but like, if I want to like make a beat, make a beat that's that see that that's the thing it's just like who's making beats like i ain't even making beats anymore i'm just making like little i'm making sounds for people to like do things over <laughs> like if you hear if you hear the shit that like 
I give to some of those, some of the folks who that hasn't come out yet or whatever. It's just like, why would, you know, like someone who's on some so-called boom bap shit would be so upset. And like, that's part of the fun of it too. Like if I could piss off Rosenberg, I'm, I know I'm getting, I'm doing a good job. If I, I'm, if I could piss off like, you know, weird, like backpack <laughs> boom bap people. Like, right. Right. Yeah. It's just like, fuck all that, man. Like y'all, y'all never, uh, y'all always eight steps behind anyway. Like who cares? Like who gives a fuck about any, any, like any folks like opinions or whatever. Like my whole shit is like, let me just keep shaking the shit up or whatever. And that's, that's, I mean, that's what I got from Adams. That's what I got from Co Flow. That's what I got from, you know, a lot of the stuff that was coming out on Fondolin Records, like Bob Vito's label. Um, yeah, Cass was just going going and, left with it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the words eight steps, and you mentioned company flow. I do, <laughs> <laughs> I do wanna, I do wanna stick to this conversation we're having right now about the past before we dig into the music and the label because we will Thanks. get there. But I believe there is a bridge we need to cross before we get to that. How do you wind up becoming an intern at Ozone slash official recordings <laughs> and doing a street promotion for trailblazers oh. like Company Flow? Yeah, I mean, literally, it was only for Company Flow. It was just, it was just a stack of Fun Crusher Plus stickers with a goblin. That shit is, that shit was ill. I, yo, if I still have one of those stickers, I'll be hype. Uh, I'm mad. At, yeah, I'll be. I'm actually mad thinking like I might not have one of those in in my storage unit. But like anyway, yeah. Um, I went. Yeah. Um, I think in my quest, like, you know, learning what I had learned. So I never was a part of any record pools. Uh, I didn't have the bread nor like the actual, like, I feel like I just never wanted to follow through or never had the follow through to like sign up and like pay money to be part of a record pool. You know, a record pool basically was how a lot of DJs on mixtape DJs got into the, you know, it's basically like a subscription service where you get sent you get on you're on the list of all these like record labels that get sent um that send out their promos so like you get records every say month or whatever you get a, a box a crate a new crate of records and these are the things that they're servicing for promotional use so mixtapes radio play college radio whatever um also parties whatever so like for me I never went through with that. I knew one one DJ put me on to that shit, and I was just like, okay, cool. Um, he then became Shabam Sadiq's DJ. Um, and I was like, ah, I don't know about that. I'm just keep running these offices. So, you know, I yo, shout out to El Ness at, at Penalty and Blunt. Shout out to, you know what I mean? Shucky Ducky at Duck Down. Shout out to this bad, you know, a couple heads really looked out. My man at Profile looked out, gave me like Camp Low stuff on t- like exclusives on like a on a, on a Chrome cassette tape he's like yo this is you know i you know just for like the mixtape like yo here this is a uh, crystal carrington this is this is this isn't out yet and then and he and he hit me with the promo 12 inches with like the the, the b-side that was only on the 12 inch you know what i mean so i was like cool you know and like profile relativity you know they this couple heads showed love so i think i took all of that me running into the offices when i was like 16 calling 411 Cause they weren't, you know, we're using not even the yellow pages. They wouldn't know. I wasn't using the internet. There wasn't the internet for this. So like, it was just like literally calling 411 and asking for like relativity records. What's their number, you know, asking for a def jam. What's their number? I never got into the def jam, but like profile, et cetera, et cetera. And like my phone, my old phone book has all these numbers and who I got to talk to, you know what I'm saying? Like the name of the person who was the plug over there for like radio, radio mixtape DJs, et cetera, et cetera, like promos. So I called up 
I don't know, I guess I found the ozone number off of either an old um, CoFlow 12 inch or whatever, but I called up and, and spoke with Amici. Amici, who's I think still running with L to this day, yeah, um, you know, was the guy over there. He was just like, yo, come through. So I, 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 yo, I swear to God, I think Fourth Disciple, I think was there when I was there because they were playing some beats. Like they were playing a beat tape and that shit was just all like Wu-Tang Forever type beats. But like, huh. I, I'm pretty sure this, I'm like almost positive it was Fourth Disciple or some shit. Like it was someone like Wu-Tang related who was just like having a meeting with Amici before I like had my moments like talk with him and like for him to just give me a stack of stickers. It was just like, okay, yeah, here. And here's some promotional CDs. Like, cool. All right, bye. Like, do you think? <laughs> it was, it was, it was fine. It was cool. I was young, you know. I was a young cat, and I was just like, just hyped to. I was like, what? I'll put these shits up all over the city, and like a few of them shits rocked for like a good decade. I would like go to weird places on the Upper East Side, and you still see it on like a little like post box or some shit. You're like, oh shit, I'm like I got a little. These are good quality stickers. Like they 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 slap and they stay up. But um, yeah, I was just, you know, I think I had spoken with Just and Len at that point, and I'd like kind of rapport with those cats. Like Just, I'd spoken to a few times on the phone after like the CoFlow in store. I went up to him, I was like, "Yo, show love," and I was like, "Yeah, da da." And like my whole thing was just like, "I like, you know, let's 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 build da da da." Like you know, whether it was to make music, whether it was to get on a tape, whether it was to just to talk shit and be, you know, like some of these cats really were on some like elders of mine type shit, like, like looked out, like we're like mentors, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, Breeze Bruin, like he looked out for me um, in a few, you know, in a few instances, you know what I'm saying? Like really like stayed on the phone with me, not on some, like I called him at a moment of panic or whatever, but just like, you know, just through our conversations, like was just teaching me shit, you know what I'm saying? So he was one of the first cats I was like really like building with. Uh, but Len and Just were mad cool. I uh, never really, wasn't until later, it wasn't until I was like in his house with like Can Ox um, did I really have any sort of rapport with L. Um, but you know, L was cool. Um, but yeah, it was really, <laughs> it was really just putting up Fun Crusher Plus stickers uh, before the album came out. And I had like, he had hit me off with like one or two um, Ozone you know, compilation. So it was like right. the, uh, the poetry joint with like Mike Ladd and like Bob Chameleon. So Williams. Yeah. All that. I mean, I loved all that stuff too. So, and, th and uh, like those cats were there. Um, I didn't know Mike Ladd from, from the near weekend, but like Saul and just, um, oh, shoot. Who was the whole team? Like 96, like New Yorkian, like slam team was crazy. It was like Saul, um Sarah, uh, what's her name? Oh man. Damn. I don't wanna actually I, I I'm not gonna say all the names to the I don't want to mess anyone's names up, but um like the spoken word folks were also like damn. All right, well anyway, point being, um just to just to harken back to like who was out there, the New Yorkian or whatever, like yeah, like right you'd have a mums the schemer you'd have like um you know before he was on uh was it mums yeah mums was on oz i believe right mom mums was poet i think on oz um you know saul was there like it's just like before they were on deaf um deaf poetry it was just like you'd see them 
every time you're at the new Rican, and it's just like, okay, like these are some of the cats who were sort of like leading, mm. you know, like the room would change whenever they'd be on stage. And it's just like, okay, we're, we're, we're here. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, those, I, I look at them as kind of like elders too, in a way, not that I had any sort of like deep relation with them, but just spatially, like in a spatial sense, like those cats were, were, um, I don't know. We're like leading the leading the so-called charge and in, in in the in the room. You know what I mean? Like just definitely dispensing jewels with the, with the words they were saying. So it was just like I just had to shut up and, and listen. And that was another thing too. Like being the youngest in the Adams. Like I just you know I had to know my place or whatever and just keep my eyes and ears open. You know what I mean? So how do you think, you know, having that promotional background back then, how do you think that has helped to establish and define PTP as a platform and, and this all-in hub of sorts? Mm. Um, yeah, I guess, it, I mean, it goes back to, yeah, I mean, I guess it goes back to that and, and also just me running with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of my friends who I considered like, who I was in my own crew with or whatever, like they were, most of them were writers too. You know, most of them had, you know, where are they in a crew or, or you know, were getting up some way, you know, just whatever. They were there all, that like graffiti, that like graph element, that writer element was there. So like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, there's that. Plus there's the kids who, were either in bands or like they're older or or had DIY like labels or they're like their older siblings were in bands you know like hardcore like punk bands or whatever and like you know there was that intersection of of all that and skating was in the you know like half of my friends were skaters too so like um you know there was that crossover Mm. and you know it wasn't so far away like there there you could have like um like a daylight album, but then within reach would be uh you know a black flag album or something just because of this like because you've seen you like you've heard rise above or something in like a skate video like in a four one one video or or like a you know a trans world or like a, a girl a chocolate video or something right like that so like all of that seeing like folks kind of just get it how they get it as far as like i you know we're gonna put out like we're gonna make shirts we're gonna make merch for our band or like we're gonna press up our own seven inches or we're gonna press up our own 12 inches um making mixtapes all that like all of that stirred up in a pot is 
I think where I get my promotional <laughs> or just like the way that I kind of operate with um, PTP and I don't know. I just, I like the, I just like the renegade shit. I just, I don't, I don't like to really be told how, yeah. um, you know, by, especially by like a said industry, um, how to operate, you know what I'm right. saying? I always, I always like to challenge those, uh, challenge those so-called boundaries um, or ideas of boundaries, um, ideas of like what, what is an acceptable medium or, or just ideas of medium in general, you know? Uh, and, that, and, and also thinking about it in terms of access to like, I think it's important for the thing to be uh, within reach and, and not, not always paywalled, you know, not always behind a paywall that only a certain amount of folks, only a certain sect or like section, you know, class, whatever employed level of employment type person can, can achieve. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like, I do have an issue with, you know, this idea that like, oh, you can set your own price, da, da, da. Like, it's so great now. It's just like, yeah, but like, who you, who are you, um, like, who are you selling this shit to at the end of the day when it's over a hundred dollars for mm. a fucking, you know, five MP3s, you know what I'm saying? Or, or even $80 or whatever, over, over $20 for like some MP3s or some like digital files, regardless, like who, like, how many people are really like, how many people are you losing or cutting off and who are you then selling to with that sort of frame of mind, you know, with that sort of thinking or whatever. And I, I think it's, you know, it gets, there's that thin line between like agency and like cap and just straight up like capitalism, <laughs> I mean, right. like just like, uh, and the shit gets, this shit gets corny after a second. It's just like, well, fine. But like, you know, I don't know, like the five kids in Europe who are buying all your shit that's over a hundred dollars or whatever, like what, what, then what, you know what I'm saying? Like your own, your own fam can't even, can't even like really tap in with you anymore. Cause you've made the shit in completely inaccessible. Like I never, I don't ever want to have that be like my only, I don't really ever want to do that period. But like, you know, like that's why I like cassettes, cassettes one, I grew up with that medium too it's not a hard medium to get access to. And, mm. it, you know, it's, it's a very like on every level, quite, quite affordable, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like time wise too, like vinyls taking how, how long, you know what I'm saying? And also like, yo, cassettes, you can have a hundred cassettes and that's only like a small box in your crib. Vinyl hundred records is multiple boxes. It's, it's a larger physical footprint. You know, you're talking about 12 by 12 inch, 13 by 13 maybe in a box you know what i'm saying like a hundred of those like there's space is limited in new york city especially so i'm not really trying to be sitting on wild vinyl or whatever to doing that shit just to be a so-called like purist right uh, you know in the hip-hop sense of things like oh vinyl only like who gives a fuck like come on <laughs> gee. you know it's, it's it's literally 2022 like what are we doing you know what i mean no doubt no doubt. Well, speaking of releases, I want to dig into your releases in order because I, I feel there is a necessity to do that when we're talking about yourself personally because you don't create without intention, do you? No, no, no. Uh, I try not to. 
Can you speak to your silent weapons fundraising series of events sort of being this foundational benchmark for your first album, Pain of Mind? Factual. Um, yes. The the first King Vision Ultra album, Pain of Mind, as you as you stated, um, came about within a short period of time, uh, in a period of my life where like a lot of shit was in the air going crazy. Like a lot of things were not great. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends who were going through it. Uh, a few friends who were incarcerated and or had just come home um, or, you know, and, and just in my history of like friends going, coming in and out the system, so to speak, I, I just, I felt like, I don't know, I just, certain things just found me and I was like, all right, well, I'm just, I guess this is what we're doing. Um, so if you hear that album, you listen to the album, you could, I think it's pretty clear as to what, you know, as to it speaking to a certain, uh, level, a certain experience, you know, um, but that that that's that's one that contains multitudes too. It's not just like about people who are locked up. It's not not just about like the carceral state or whatever. It's there's also a, you know a mental health um, element. There's an isolation element in general. Um, so it's kind of me drawing like a through line uh, amidst all of those like those experiences that then I was seeing in front of me amidst people who I was close with. And when the, when the album came out, I was like, cool. Obviously, I was like dumb hype or whatever. And I was like, I'm still really happy about that um, that work to this day. Like, I'm, I'm I'm I fuck with it still. <laughs> you know, I listened to it. I'm like, word. I was I was definitely tapped in. I made that shit in five weeks. Never made an album in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just it was the first thing I like started and finished that was long form. I've never made an EP since before that I was just doing collaboration remixes for people, um, you know, producing, I produced a track for more mother. I produced a couple other joints and did a couple other remixes off of that. And then, you know, we got a studio space and first, first thing I'm doing in the studio space is like, like taking this entity and, and, and creating this, this thing. Um, Cause the whole King Vision Ultra thing is it's a whole other thing too in itself. Like again, whatever this there was a plan. There was a lot of notes. There was a lot of like notes being made and, and drawn up prior to um the first record coming out, or even like first first record being so-called like formed or composed. So when the when the joint was done and was out, it was like, all right, well, you know, I've been doing shows, I've been organizing shows for years. And there was always this element of like hierarchy and, you know, this tradition of hierarchy, like who's the headliner, who gets paid more, who, who has a higher fee because they're, they're supposedly like a higher status or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's just like a lot of time it's me losing wild bread because in, in this city, like events happen on the same night. So half the people go here, half the people go there. Like it, it becomes a very competitive situation, especially if you're hitting the weekend, um, and then there's people who just are about that shit. Like there's people who just want to have the most hype party or a hype show, or whatever. And like, you know, no one's having conversations about, you know, no one's having conversations to like make space for each other. Um, so coming from all of that, years of that, and also just like understanding, like acknowledging what the work that I was doing 
sonically or whatever was was about I was like, nah, I gotta do something different. Like this guy kind of flipped all this shit on his head. So for me, I was like, well, it would only make sense to, since this is work that doesn't necessarily even deal with my my own personal lived experience if we're talking about specifically like the carceral state, you know what I mean? I was like, fuck it, well then let's just use this to, to, to to help those who who are currently in that experience or in that in that mode of existence and survival, so it was like the first show that so-called album referred to it as an album release, but it was like it's like let's let's start a new series. Um, it's called Silent Weapons, um, harkening back to the ye old behold the pale horse. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> um, was it a chapter in it, I think Silent Weapons for for Quiet Wars is it that's that's what it was called I think. Um, also killer army album but referencing yeah. the referencing the book um and i was like fuck this like let's you know we're we're all actionable uh capable you know voices and 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 space creators or whatever so like why not like let's let's put that toward instead of like putting that toward like who can make the most money or like even like making a money making like even like a like nah, fuck that. Like let's 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 all put our voices into the pot. Uh, let's all put our energy into the pot and like raise bread and put this toward people who, you know, what I'm saying who are like who really need it on a local level too. Like that that needs to be said too because cats be like, oh, we we donated so 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 much money to Planned Parenthood or whatever. And it's just like yo, like Planned Parenthood has the Knowles family dynasty in their pocket type shit like they don't they don't they have like celebrity endorsements and shit like they got wild they got long bread like a thousand dollars from us in new york city that doesn't you know like where does that doesn't even that like that pays off like a few administrative um you know duties you know what i'm saying like that's not that's, that doesn't like we could actually bail people out with that if we send it to this other organization or we could get while like the first Silent Weapons, which was the 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 Pain of Mind release, was um you know it was a book drive for like the facilities here, Rikers and um, Queens and Brooklyn facilities, and um, we got over ten boxes of books donated. We got over a thousand dollars donated to Books Through Bars, which is um, an organization that provides these services to folks who are in the carceral system and uh, locally. And um, we also got more like paid for some subscriptions too um, for like folks in various facilities um, around the city. So that felt like a match. Like that felt like, that felt on, I'm not on brand. I'm not going to say that. God damn it. But like, you know, that felt very much like uh, a match in terms of like the energy and the intention. Yeah. So it was like, all right, let's just keep doing it. So, you know, from that point on, we were doing shows. There's a silent weapons book that documents the first year, um, all shot by, all captured, um, lensed by my brother, um, Richard R. Ross, my, my big homie. Um, incredible photos incredible well, i mean incredible person um but yeah it's it was like four shows that year and you know various um from the 
book drive and the fundraising on that level to um, various bailouts and, you know, things that were all like kind of like local efforts and more so like focusing toward like organizations that were, uh, I think most, most uh, for the most part were like organizations that were like black run, like just to not, you know, like there's like certain communal organizations that just like speak to the kids. And then it's like this white lady, like in the, in, in, in a class with like, kids in Brownsville and it's just like mm, like there might be a more constructive way to to like make a relate difference to, relate to the community type shit and like yeah like to like organize and like speak to folks where there's like you know what I mean like I don't know so like it's just like finding those finding the folks who have that sort of like nuance and that understanding of like space Cause you know what I mean? Some of these organizations just be putting whoever in, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the same as the police, but it's, it's a, it's that sort of principle of like, yo, like who do you have in neighborhoods where it's like, yo, like you got folks who have no idea how the people function in this neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like we're mm. just like completely, completely out of their own element. And, you know, have you ask lived experiences, right? Right. You ask them to, to patrol quote unquote or like you know like to like police and like uh be a community you know guardian out here like nah like yeah but you know that's i mean i, I ain't gonna talk about the police that's a whole other fucking you know yeah hours and hours of conversation or whatever that we don't need to get into but um you know shit's it's important to, I think it was, I think for me, it was important to make sure that like the money was going to places where it was, I guess, most useful and um, most directly effective. So, you know, it was like these smaller, like local organizations that were nonprofits that were, you know, um, <clears throat> comprised by or led by folks of the communities, um, even the churches too. Like if I was doing like, we were doing like co-drives, we, the last two we did were co-drives and um you know it's dropping off at churches that were like you know uh black or brown led um in in bushwick you know what i'm saying which is originally that was the that were the that was the people of the neighborhood you know what i'm saying as far as like bushwick is concerned um you know what i'm saying so like doing that <clears throat> versus like you know, yeah, uh, it, it can go, it can go over so many ways, but I'm, I'm really just interested in trying to like make the most, um, make the the money work as, as, as best or as give it the most mileage as possible, so to speak. Uh, and not long after, um, uh, I realized that it was Satan planting thoughts in my mind. I, I began to feel pressure in, in my abdomen. Uh, and uh, concluded that he was trying to possess me. I knew something would
honestly, I got the opportunity before they knew what any of that sounded like. They were just like, oh, like I wasn't shopping the album. It was just like, yo, gang, like we're we're planning a, a, a bulk cassette like r- release and we'd love to have something by you. Would, would you be would you be down? And I was like, yeah, cool. And I was looking at the label. And I, I was a fan of the label and definitely like a fan of um, the visual art side of him too. And I was just like, oh, I just want to do something that's super left field. Like I want to subvert the, the 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 language that's that's been existing on this channel right here, this aesthetic house channel. So it's just like, well, fuck it. Like, <laughs> let me give them a beat tape. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let me give them the, the most not. Uh, just whatever let me just go like far left on them and right. i think that's honestly like part of what helped me decide like that inclination or that like impetus to like go left was like all right i'm gonna make i'm gonna make some like i'm gonna just do some hip-hop shit. i'm just gonna like literally return to like the things that i know innately um and things that i haven't done in a long time either so that was refreshing in itself um mm-hmm. But yeah, yo, that was that was fun because everything else it's it's it stands far apart from I think anything that's really been on that label before and after. Um, and it was just I just like doing different. Sh- I don't know. I just you tell me to go left, I'll I'll go I'll go elsewhere. <laughs> like you know. What do you remember about those earlier sessions, recording those songs, and using interviews as a framework and connecting device? Yeah, I mean, that was just me in the studio, like I said, for like five weeks, uh, like a few a few times a week, like probably like three, four days out the week, maybe five certain weeks, but for like four to six, maybe eight hours, just locking in and like the basement studio, I don't have control of the light. There's like a LED bulb that's like circulating. It's like going from dark to like purple to blue to red. It's I don't have any control of this thing. So I'm just like in this like, circulating low light um watching in hours you know interviews and documentaries and things of that nature and and ha- just capturing them on uh taking little like lifting little moments um with my task one of my task four tracks that i was using like i i basically tapping back into and intentionally so tapping back into the uh the pause tape methodology that I, I had when I was growing up and uh, that I utilized when I was growing up. So I'm just riding the pause button and like lifting it when, when I'm like, Oh, this is the part, like, Oh, this is something I, this, this sounds interesting. And like literally just like committing to that real time archiving or like recording of a statement, a message, uh, a moment, whatever it is. And then, cutting you know and doing the same thing cutting it off so like if you listen to the album you hear that like like you hear those like little like glitches i guess you could say or like those imperfections of like the tape starting and stopping yeah because i'm like hitting the pause like that's me actually hitting the pause button um to to start and stop so i think it was important for me to i mean it was it was that was part of the plan i was like yo if i can tap in with some like an old practice of mine while i'm hearkening back or like while i'm making something that sort of points back to like my my like sonic roots or whatever you know um i think 
you know, I'm, that's, it, no, I won't say it completes the circle, but like, it, it felt right. <laughs> I mean, it just felt right. So I was like, I right, bet we're, that's, that's how we're, that's how we're doing this. And, you know, um, also it was just, yo, the music around the time too, I was just tired of like a lot of like the experimental stuff or like this experimental electronic stuff, the like online community that was like being, I don't know, like there's a lot of like corny, like fader resident advisor type articles about like this, you know, experimental electronic collective is doing, you know, is, is, is making, you know, and they like throw in some like identity politics to the shit and i'm just like this is so whack like and like half these people ain't really about this shit anyway like from what i from what i can like literally tell you like by, by like knowing them or seeing where they're at or whatever and i'm not saying that i'm always i've always been 100 percent or whatever whatever i've made my mistakes I've, I've you know what i mean but like i'm just not i just wasn't with the shit i just and i wasn't with like all the politics like the like the pseudo political like yeah, just whatever. Identity politics is wild, corny, or whatever. Um, <laughs> not to say that there isn't room for um, conversation and dialogue around any of that, but like a lot of that stuff is just so surface level. Like, really, freshman year, I read my first book on like uh, race or like racism, you know, and like now we're on the dorm room floor right. you know waxing poetic and like smoking out of a bong type shit like come on g like i don't got time for that uh, heads actually like live you know amidst people with like and then just nuance and complexities that we have to like actually like hash out or like or we you know we just yeah we like we have conversations in real life about this shit like i don't gotta like showcase this shit on on a timeline for for someone else to like to modify into like a into like a byline or like a into some sort of like headline and copy you know what i mean like you know and that shit did happen you know it did happen like if you're doing something with like vice noisy or whatever like it's gonna mm. be like you know <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be framed in a funky way that uh, contradicts what i just said so you know i did i like shout out to colin joyce you know what i mean he uh, rather they spent the day with me and it was like very intentional like it was, I, I really enjoyed the time the 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 messaging in the piece or whatever i just like you know it's unfortunate when like it's unfortunate how like press um what what press does when they get a hold of things and that's why i, I prefer podcasts at least you're, telling, you're hearing it from the person so to speak you know what i mean definitely so you created in a way ken Otros created in a way to this performative bullshit that's going on in the electronic community yeah so it's a response to that it's it's a response to a whole bunch of shit, but yeah, for, and that's also honoring a prodigy too. Like King Vision Ultra is King Vulture, uh, which is which is P's like, you know, sort of alias for himself or whatever. You hear him mention that in on the H and I C album, and then on the mm. Albert Einstein album, uh, he makes a whole like hook out of that or whatever. And I think early on, like the first True. song or two, True. Um, it was so it came King Vision Ultra came about. I mean, it's a whole it's a, it's a bevy of things right but like it came out like you know p p transitioned uh that summer in june right? right um in 2017 and then i was like okay i gotta you know thinking I'm, i've been thinking about this thing since the early like the beginning part of the year like i was like all right like 
I want to start doing stuff. I was in conversation with folks, like certain certain folks. I was like, oh, I want to get, I want to start doing some rap shit again. And I'm like, all right, well, because if you look at the label, like if you look at the catalog, PTP catalog, like there's a lot of stuff in the 20, whatever, the 2013, 14 to 16, 17 arena that like you might, if you didn't know where I was from, you didn't know about me, didn't know about where I was from, didn't know about my history or whatever, you'd probably probably be hard pressed to figure out like why, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is, but maybe this is my own misunderstanding of it. But like, I feel like it's not, it doesn't like signal toward like hip hop. Like it's not like, not, not directly at least, you know, like there's, there's an energy there for sure. But like, I think like, I'll, some of that stuff is like you know more so yeah like in a, in a electronic experimental um you know even like playing with like the idea of like what club music is etc cetera, etc cetera, like right. kind of mode um until you know you see an arm and hammer paraffin on cassette you see right right you know you start seeing like low g and low g2 on, on lo-fi on cassette you know i started that's that's what kind of got me hype on like doing cassette releases for things that were out elsewhere or things that just didn't have that physical that physicality um but yeah i think for me it was just like i was like well how can i like pay homage to like one of my favorites of all time prodigy so i was like well i can't i can't name myself king vulture like i was like oh, that's, that's cool like i'll fuck with that like i remember he said that when i like listen to albert einstein I'm like oh no he made a whole hook out of this like nah this is like he's like that's his name. Like, nah, I'm not going to take his name. I'm just wrong mm. with it. So I was like, oh, King, King, like, how do I, okay, like, Vault, V-U-L-T. And then I was like, Vision, Ultra. I was like, oh, and that's like MC Ultra. That's like Ultra Mag thing. I'm like, all right, like, there's a little couple ways to, to look at this. And I don't know. I just, I was, I just like playing with like that's language dope. in that way. But yeah, yo, um, a response. Yeah, it's definitely a response. I feel like, you know, the, the album itself um, is its own response. And shit, you see me live, it'll probably, you know, yeah, I think, I think there's plenty of, there's plenty of um, uh, signaling toward, you know, there's definitely some response in, in, in my live, um, you know, improvisations or whatnot as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Can you speak to that? Can you speak to that live show and the response? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do ever. Um, sometimes I'm like, the only thing I can tell you is like, all right, like I have a couple of sounds lined up, you know, or I have a couple of tracks maybe lined up or whatever. But like, I really like, I really got to a point where I was like, going back to like my whole like background and, you know, hearkening back to those, those ciphers and whatnot and just like rhyming all day, like, and, and getting my like freestyle shit up and whatever. And like being like, that's like my first. I guess that and like, like the little scratch freestyle shit that we were doing or whatever, like those were like, that was, those were my first versions of improvisation. Yeah. Uh, and then cut to 2018, you know, when I started performing as, and even before that, when I was gang still, I was doing like, started to do shows with my voice. And I, I was like, yo, fuck it. I wanted, I was really, I, I, I was like tapped in with like some sun, uh, some of the Sun records, like, you know, like the drone metal stuff. Um, I was, yeah, I was just like, yo, like, I want to do like gutturals. I want to do all types of 
I want to do like quote unquote extreme vocals. Originally, that's what I wanted to do. So I was getting my like my my projections uh, right. I was like, let me just like make this shit. Yeah, I just want to change the atmosphere in a room or whatever. And then, you know, time and time moves on or whatever. I went from like performing or like doing this thing with like two four oh fours and this <laughs> this black uh sheer cloth like this long cloth that covers covers me and the space around me if i'm like hunched over the 404 is on the floor and like you know a mic with like a pedal like a pedal board so like a mic going through various effects and uh some of those being like distortion and 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 delay and whatnot and uh, a looper and just like making a thing happen um with what i have in front of me um as mm. well as like some some of my my own loops and things of that nature and then just kind of like writing it out like not really having you know having certain like little like refrains or like phrases that i like prepared but then other than that just kind of going off the top and like letting whatever comes out of me come out of me type shit so like yeah um and then it, it went from that to me being in a chair and like doing that, like sitting up and like, which is kind of like thinking about that shit. I'm just like, damn, like I was really on some, I was really in a different type of, not a different type of bag, but I was definitely in some, some form of like some form of baggery. Yeah. Um, like on some, like definitely inspired by maybe some, like, I don't know. I don't want to say horror, horror elements, but like, it kind of is scary. Like, it's just like this being like in a black cloth you know like it's just like this shape you know in a chair in like the middle of the floor um and then after that it was really by like 2019 i was like in the midst like people were moshing to the shit like it 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 got like depending on the space or whatever like you know people would like mosh like a soul loop like some like you know yeah just some ill soul loop and people like going around the circle. And I just thought that shit was the illest. I've just never seen that. And I've never, I've never had that done. Like I've never had anyone mosh to my music or whatever. So like when that happened in the basement show, I was just like, yo, okay, okay, okay. And then just like engaging with the space and like cutting through the crowd, like walking through the crowd and like hugging folks too like really awesome like showing love type shit though like this isn't meant to be like some weird like exclusionary um scary man type shit you know what i'm saying like you know oh pity me i'm having such a hard fucking time on planet earth or whatever i'm a i'm a you know a straight a cis whatever man you know what i mean like i'm not really trying to channel that type of energy i really uh but i do i do you know address certain traumas sometimes i do address certain just whatever conversations that i've been having or whatever and then you know that being a response um and then also just a response to the space itself like depending on who's in the space you know i might include them like recently we've been including heads in like just passing the mic to like i see like whoever i'm like it'd be amani or fat boy sharif or akai or you know, we do that with the Centennial Gardens thing too. My man, um, my, uh, what should I call it? Like, 
I think my man Amani was talking about the shit. So Centennial Gardens is Dream Crusher and I. Uh, and we it's we kind of we both have this thing and I've learned a lot from them where it's just like they have this immense control over the this the energy in the room. Like they 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 turn on and they turn on like the shit. There's fog, there's like a strobe light. It looks like the 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 train scene from Predator 2. <laughs> like wow. it looks, it's just wild. You're like, yo. And seeing them operate in various spaces, including like, you know, from a punk space to, you know, a punk or a noise space to then like a hip hop space where it's like Arm and Hammer, or, you know, are now like have featured them amidst like a show with like other just very much more traditionally like understandably like or communicatively rap people you know what i mean it'd be like quelly chris and you know navy blue or whatever and it's like dream crusher is just like changing the whole like dream crusher really being the one who's doing what they're doing uh everyone's doing what they're doing but like you have to be you like you're either ready or not and like I've always adored that about them. Like highly, you know, that was like highly inspired by that. And because uh, there'll be bodies flying. Like people are like getting tossed around, people getting, you know, um, like there's a lot of close proximity stuff going on. And, you know, it's a little different maybe with COVID. Um, but <laughs> anyway, my right. point, my point, my point being though, like, um, I took a lot of inspiration. I, I definitely got to say their say their name and 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 say that you know, solo as well as now having the honor to be in a group with them, uh, in a duo with them. Like we we have a lot of fun, and I've had a lot of fun like changing changing the space and like addressing a space um, as it as it feels in the moment, um, and you know sometimes that includes. That that sometimes that means including people who are in the space as part of you know letting them get on like just throwing the mic at them and being like and they'll just be rhyming right. or whatever it's 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 crazy like it's kind of I don't know I don't know G it I just really I think it's some jazz shit honestly more Makes than sense. it is yeah you know I mean like more than it is like some punk shit or some noise shit or whatever like it's you know, it's like I heard. Sun Ra, I never understood. I didn't understand it when I first heard it. I was like, what is this? This is like that. Sun Ra to me was noise. You know what I mean? Atlantis, um, you know, certain Miles Davis records of Coltrane. I didn't understand it when I first heard it. I was just like, yo, this is, this is a lot. What is going on? Like, um, those were like, singular. Yeah. But like, once you wrap your head, like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just, again like the the classification around like you know around like certain things like as far as like so-called genre or form how i like how i like to refer to it as like it's just like yeah like you know there is a noise like what is noise and how do you define noise i like the fluidity of the term but i like it more so as as a as an element within uh, within a messaging you know what i mean within a sort of like a, a spatial messaging versus the versus a, a type of music like there was noise and wild stuff that we came up listening to like you know Sly and the Family Stone you know what I'm saying like Parliament even has their own certain version of noise in, in certain certain regards you know what I'm saying it's not just 
you don't just gotta be doing like a Beavis and Butthead, you know, devil horn thing with your hand and being like, yeah, like noise, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely not just like a person breaking a table full of guitar pedals, you know, and having like a fucking like anxiety attack or whatever, you know, like watching someone like unfurl or whatever. Like it's, it's not, that's not, I'm really actually not interested in that um, at all. Yeah. yeah it's deeper than that and that should be some weird also just i'll be real like a lot of the noise should be a lot of weird like white people doing weird white people shit like <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's, it's true like, facts yeah, facts i don't know you know so you, yeah you mentioned extreme vocals earlier can you maybe talk a bit about how gene wetness expanded the way you approach vocals mm. and break conventions of this space we're talking about absolutely gene gene was Gene was that cat who I was able to speak to and ask, like, how do you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm watching him. Yo, I literally taught him or helped teach him how to rhyme. Like, in, term, in terms of, like, counting bars, you know, in terms of how, how to record and, and you know, uh, layering your, your vocals, ad-libbing, punching in, you know, leaving, a, leaving a, a, a word out so then you can come in on the beat and like not lose your pocket and not, not, you know what I mean? Like if you're like a really wordy writer or whatever, which he yeah. was at certain points. Um, and then, you know, we used to B-boy, you know, we used to break together. We, we battled wild people, Tompkins Square Park, um, shout out to TSR, Tompkins Square Rockers. Um, you know, he was a brilliant, brilliant uh, creative force on, on so many levels and then, you know, we had a little bit of a distance and next time, next thing I, I see or hear, it's like, oh, I hear he's in this band, Wet Nurse. And I'm just like, wait, what word? Like he's, what is he doing? Like, I thought he hated guitar music because he did. He hated, he, when I first met him, he hated guitar music because of his older brother or whatever. Like his older brother was like into like Zeppelin and shit and he hated his older brother. <laughs> so, so he was just like, fuck that fuck everything with a guitar ah like oh you know it's like he's talking about mob deep with some shit and i put him on the co-flow and he was just from there it was just it was a rap um he you know hearing him in wet nurse and like i just never heard that i was like what like and also i just you know he's doing gutturals he's doing like these like screw like these banshee like screams he's really like his register was crazy. So his range was crazy. So I was like, yo, this is ill. And I didn't really want to do it at first. Like I wasn't saying I was like, yo, I got to do this. But over, over many, over a many, a good many years. And like also seeing wet nurse live and seeing him do what he does live. Um, like, I guess, you know, when I got, I don't know, whenever I got interested in it, but like, you know, I got into like, I had like little metal phases and whatnot. And I was like, okay, like I fuck with, you know, I, I, I always fucked with like doom metal, uh, certain elements of doom, certain bands in that realm. And, you know, even some black metal, things of that nature, like a lot of like the atmospherics, like the, um, what's it, like the, like the Western, um, the Northwestern kind of stuff. Um, I'm out, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna save everyone from, from all the name dropping but basically like you know i liked my like so-called extreme vocal music right and right. gene to me was a cat who i could like just be like yo like how did you how do you do that like how do you project in such a low register like and change your voice like how do you do that cookie monster thing and he's just like yo you do it from like just just project from your gut and i was just like 
okay you know what i mean i'm just like what like it's that easy like it took me a it took me a minute and it took me a lot of practice but i eventually got it and um yeah i mean i gotta i always gotta you know send send one up um send one back to him because he definitely was the cat who showed me this in, incredible range and how to channel all this like energy into something uh of a presence you know what i mean like mm-hmm. his whole like you see you see footage of him you you just again like i say i'll say this shit i said it before like he, he's a cat who changes a space like he comes on and it's it is on you know what i mean i was just like yo um and a lot of that was because he was a he, he knew how to like conduct himself in a in a in a cipher whether it be dancing or whether it be rhyming you know what i mean like he just knew how to like he 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 understood the amount of commitment that it took to um lead i guess uh or or change the flow of energy or like lead a space so that's yeah i mean seeing him exhibit that in in the form of wet nurse was i mean yeah i was just watching this brilliance and i'm just like well shit i would be playing myself though i didn't like take something away from this you know what i mean so uh it just so happened that it became even more of a direct inspiration once i started to like be like yo i want to yell i want to let some shit out you know what i mean so yeah always always love love forever to to gene gene wet nurse mel's ryb you already know change your trajectory for you completely mm. If we're talking about people who can command audiences and have a presence in energy, we can't not talk about and money. <laughs> Word, yes. How does how does an unknown infinite come about with Amani? We'd known each other for a while um, prior to me even knowing that he rhymed. I didn't know that history until closer to like the King Vision Ultra era, and. Uh, he used to play, he used to play, not play. He used to, he used to be at the door. Like he used to do the door at um, this place called Palisades, which is where I used to do a lot of these, um, I guess you can call them raves or whatever, little shows or whatnot, not little. They were, they were that was a, a thing for a minute, a couple of years. Um, so he would just hold it down. I was like, oh, this cat's thorough. Like I fuck with this kid. And I seen him again and I was just like, you know we keep kind of would bump into each other and just always it was always love or whatever and i was just like one day i'm like on the insta i guess on my instagram and i see like this footage of him from like on like shade four or five and i was like what the f- like you run oh shit and you know what i mean and i was like oh wow and i like didn't realize like that was his pops like his pops was who his pops was and i was like i'm like wait fam like you know, I have your dad's like early records, right? Like, he's just like, yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I mean, I figured, and I was like, yeah, that's wild. So like, we just were building off that. I'm like, yo, one day we should definitely get in the studio. Like, I got, I'm like making beats now. And he's just like, word, oh shit. And then um, New Year's Eve, 2019, I sent him the first, first like little beat pack. I think like six, maybe like, you know, five to eight joints or whatever. And uh, he said he was like, he had video on his IG of like him rhyming for like hours to like one of the joints, which then became guillotine. And um, yeah, that was the first one we, were, we recorded in the studio. And 
we just started from there. It was January, then um, I think it was January when we, when we first started recording. I forget the timeline. Uh, I'd have to go back and review, but basically, yeah, we we uh, you know got a couple got a couple moments in prior to um, we had a few studio sessions um, prior to uh, COVID and quarantine, and then he recorded a, a, a few things a few songs um, on his lonely uh, in quarantine on his side and then sent them over to me. And yeah, I mean, we finished the album together though, which is, which is cool. Um, Elucid, Elucid was with me. Um, and I was just like, yo, like, what do you want on the album? And he told me, and I'm like, bet, let's, 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 let's run that. So like whoever he wanted on that, you know, whoever we agreed, of, agreed on, which was based on his, pretty much his list, that's who's on the album, you know? Um, so shout out to uh, Kai Solo, Sway Jury, Masai, Elucid. And I was just like, yo, Elucid should do the intro, like a, like a, like a symbolic, like torch passing, so to speak, like uh, elder to, to younger. And he was just like, I fuck with that. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So, and also just like throw it off. Like why, why, you know, you don't have to be the first voice on the album. Like, why, why, why can't it be elusive? And I also, I just like the solo shit anyway. I like the, I like having like other people have solos on like your supposed album, you know, like your solo album or whatever. Um, a la, you know, some of the Wu-Tang albums like Cuban Links or like Iron Man um, or uh, Gangstar, Hard to Earn, like Words from the Nutcracker, that right, kind right. of shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, and it came it came together like within eight months. Like we literally finished it uh, on August eighth. So eight eight, and I was like, the num the numbers there are, are crazy. Crazy. Um, and then you know, speaking about infinite, you know what I mean? Eight, and then um, I mean, same thing happened with King um, the first King Vision Ultra. I, I mastered, it, I finished it the day I didn't wasn't planning this. The day that the Thirty Six Chambers was released. I like went on it. I went went online and I was like, just I was like waiting for it to like export. I was like, while I was exporting, I went online and I seen that it was this today. Wu Tang released their debut out. I'm like, yo, November 9th. I'm like, this is crazy. So it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something with the numbers there. I've heard you say there were moments of EQ tricks on this album, different from Pain of Mind, and it got me curious as to how. You know, your perspective on sound and listening has changed since your debut. To what extent would you say your money has elevated your foresight recording and unknown infinite? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, working with a, a, a voice, working with like a live voice, you know, was one thing. Uh, someone who's dedicated and open to the challenges and the sort of like the, the, the curves that are, um, you know, like the potentials and whatnot. So... Yeah, I mean, working with Amani on that, um, and his like, yeah, his openness or willingness um, to just let me do my thing too, and just just trust me, was that was all I needed. You know what I mean? Because I needed that moment to sort of like figure things out on my own as well. And like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like one who mixes in front of people. I'm not like, yeah, come to the studio, like, uh, and, like watch me, like. Tw you know twiddle around like eqs or whatever like I'm, that's like boring like why would you want to watch that like why would we got we all got like lives to live like you know i don't want to waste your time like yeah and i and i feel uncomfortable 
Like, I don't feel comfortable in that situation. If it's tweaking stuff, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? I don't, but I'm not going to like mix in front of you or pro- I don't even produce in front of people. Like I don't really be doing that. So that's the thing you do in isolation, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So I like to be <laughs> in, in, uh, no yeah, pun intended. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to make, I was going to go deeper down that rabbit hole, but I, let's, let's not. So Listen yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, you know, just shout out to my peoples who really, really been in the shoe and all that. So that's uh, just, that's, I gotta say that. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, he just trusted me with it. Everyone on there trusted me with it. And I'm just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I learned a lot, G. Like, I learned a lot when, in terms of just like, just mixing and, um, little effects and things of that nature that I you know, kind of kept in my bag or whatever. So, you know, you know, certain I'm out here type shit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm mixing, I'm in the process of mixing and mastering a, a, a previous guest on Fly Fidelity, their, their next album. And uh, oh, yeah. it's, could, cra- it's crazy. Uh, I mean, someone from Jersey. Uh, Joe Budden. Joe Budden. Yes, Joe Budden. <laughs> Joe Budden's uh, new, new album about, about his outfits, about just only his outfits and like, him being terrible to women that's 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 what the album is about so um a lot of uh denim denim vests uh you know leather hats things of that nature you know going in <laughs> we're, we're talking about fat boy sharif of course where we are talking <laughs> he was he said he was like yo you could you could let that fly you could let that fly you could you could you could, you could debut that i was like all right man, i'll premiere that information no. on fly fidelity so yeah there's a fat shout boy sharif, sharif album yeah shout out to, to my guy sharif uh reef got an album with uh this very talented producer named no face um that is crazy. Like for those who, who fuck with the the Lone Sword, Cyber City, like this is like another kind of like etch in that sort of realm. Um, but maybe even like more left than that. Uh, and then it's got he's letting me they're they're letting me do my thing. So I'm just I'm I've been having fun with uh, with like because Cherie's vocals are all super layered, so it's 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 fun. It's just like. He's just like, yo, choose whatever. Like he's it doesn't like he said, he doesn't give anyone like a map. He's just like, here, here are the things. Do what you will with it. Go nuts. Go nuts. So uh that's I guess a little bit of what I've been doing.
Do you have a general mixed philosophy? Uh, space. Um, what to do with that space. <laughs> but like chiseling out some space, uh, even if it's a wall of noise or like a wall of sound, you know, there's always ways to like, really, you know, you're just, you're getting really funky with the frequencies. Like you're really tapping in with, okay, what is, you know, this part of the EQ do to this, you know, how do I like make more space for the voice to sit in the pocket? So it's not like fighting with this flute or this like guitar or whatever, or, or this fuzz, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you know, certain other, that's like foundational stuff too, but I feel like that's, uh, yeah. And just, just livening it up and like, and also just making that shit bump whenever someone gives me something, I want to make sure that they, they feel it more in their chest when I hand it back to them. So I definitely did that um, to other people's beats on Unknown Infinite, as well as on uh, the various things that I've done since then. And, and this Fat Boy Sharif uh, No Face album. And those beats are not conventional at all. So it's going to be, it, that was even a challenge in itself being like, well, like, well where's the, low end like what do i draw like what what am i what am i upping and like extracting or like really like singling out as like the so-called like because there's not like a kick maybe or there's no baseline so like what am i making like how am i making this thicker that's so a it's a, yeah it's a lot of like layering tricks it's fun it's 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 i have fun with it i have mad fun with it so it's uh yeah, it's all good fun <laughs> Moving away from the Sonics for a second, talk about your visual design work for the various people you've dropped cassettes with on a label, as well as some of your friends. There's a lot to be said about this beauty in the economy of some of these designs. And I was wondering if you could share any insights into that side of the process. Right, right. Um, I would say for me, it's, um, I'd say for me, it's, Part of it is like channeling the 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 energy of whatever the work is, you know, the energy behind mm -hmm. the work. You know what I mean? Um, another another part I'd say is not like I'm not the guy to call if you're just wanting to, you know, copy and paste your album cover that's on Bandcamp, your digital like <laughs> image of, on a bunch of things, like on a bunch of merch, so to speak. Like I'm not, you know, I like to make merch, but I like the challenge of like creating a new visual um, language and, and sort of like add on to the world or like, you know, create more of a visual or physical and in, in, in terms of certain things, uh, world around the work, if it's sound work, especially. So like, if there's messaging within the album, like, I want to, you know, like I want to work with things that I enjoy first and foremost. I fuck mm -hmm. with the folks who I collaborate with are the folks who are going to trust me to do what I do, you know. Um, and one is honoring their their work, and that's a conversation. You know, what I'm saying like that'll be a conversation that um, cameras off. That'll be a conversation that we have about, you know, various themes or, you know, like a mood board almost. Um, 
like with the Black Sand stuff, for instance, that I just did for um, Akai and Pink Sifu, Akai Solo and Pink Sifu um, for their reissue for the vinyl and all that. You know, I did um, a shirt, a blanket, uh, a tote bag, an ashtray, <laughs> and, I, and also, um, you know, remastered the, the music for the vinyl or whatever. But in, in working with that, I was just like, well, I just was talking to Akai and like, well, what did, you know, I think I know, but can you confirm like what are some of the the touch tones as far as like themes are concerned? Like what what were y'all drawing from? And you know, he told me like a bunch of things, but he, he was saying like you know the Black Panther party newspaper. Um, I mean, more so that 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 was really the big the big point of extraction for me. So I was like, all right, cool. So I was started going through looking for various elements um, around that sort of like literature or like um, image, like imagery. And um, then, you know, I know certain things about like, just Akai and through their music or whatever, Akai and Sifu's like, I guess like grander um, understandings of life, so to speak. So just like, throwing that all in the mix, you know what I'm saying? And taking like, basically like, it's like almost like collage work. Mm. Uh, similar to like what you would do with, if you're making a beat with, you know, very, or if you're making some sound work that has like, that points to certain, a certain theme, you know, a specific or a specific like collection of like ideas um, to tell like a greater story. So for me, that's, that's more like, that's my approach or whatever. The same thing with like a Lucid, when I did the Searship cassette, um, you know, I gave him like a little collage for that. That was like an OB strip. I don't know, I, yo, a lot of my like inspirations kind of come from, I mean, it's a myriad of things. It's like, you know, I mean, it's the idea of like playing with space and like destroying the traditional, like the conventions of space, especially when it comes to like, say like a J card or like a cassette like the face of a cassette or even like a sleeve, you know, like, or, or, or a t-shirt. It's just like, it's not just always like front and back. Um, you know, um, the way a word, I, I love glyphs. So, uh, you know, tapping back into the, the graph thing or whatever, like I love letters, you know what I'm saying? Like, like love typeface mm. and, and, and playing with that. And like, what does exploding that mean? Like what does bending and, twisting and all that mean and like turning that into something different mean like on some like rem lz shit you know what i'm saying um there's a certain symmetry in some of it and i probably got that from like a lot of like the jazz stuff like the ecm cti covers you know what i'm saying like that sort of like uniformity and like idea of like playing with like lines and matching words and like borders and margins up um zines you know punk seven in, like hardcore punk seven inches especially by like the 90s stuff uh you know i love texture xerox i use the xerox machine i have a scanner also that um i've been like scanning like various objects and whatnot I'm just, i've been having fun g like it's, it's just been but it's all like literally to help like my point is like and, and shout out to my man josh p uh we were talking about this a while ago and he's been like, he dream crusher, you know, though those two have been like a 
big inspiration on me as far as like how I approach this this visual space because of like how sort of like whimsical some of their stuff can be or like they're like their their stuff tends to be I'm just like I just never know what to expect and like when I see it I'm just like oh god like damn another one you know what I mean and I'm just like okay like you did that oh okay you did and I'm you know taking little notes in my head from all that but then also seeing folks like um I mean like how Michelle Willem uh Michelle Willems did the uh mm -hmm. did, did the big L um and the four five six the cool g rap um layout you know right. what i'm saying like that those two are favorites of mine back in the day and still to this day um i believe she may have had some i feel like she did some de la stuff too i'm almost positive she did but like all that stuff is so beautiful to me um and then you know just being a fan of photography too like i, I snap photos I've been snapping photos since the nineties with like just little point and point and shoots that I've like found or like been somehow gifted or whatever. They like just somehow came into my hands. I have no idea One I found in a cab for sure. Um, and just being like, you know, seeing cast like B plus like Danny Hastings or, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Su Kwan, like Chimo do like, th like those just, I never was nice with the illustrative aspect of of visual art like i've never had like that like control i was that i never wrote graph because of that either like my hand style i could only do straight letter shit i couldn't do i my mind doesn't work to like do like a fill-in or like to make the make the shit look 3d or whatever i just i leave it up to the pros <laughs> you know what i mean i'll leave it up to the folks the wizards um for me i was always more like a collage um photography sort of like you know that, that was where like I was really sowing my so-called you know you know planting my seeds or whatever and then like growing those into then now, now like how I'm working with like layers and textures and things of that nature like all to just help build out the world that you the artist you know my collaborator my beloved collaborator like all that shit that you put down like I'm just I just want to add on to that you know what I'm saying so yeah. like I just want to you know what I mean? So if it's, if it is like a physical, like if it's a sh any, whatever, whatever it is, like I'll do a, you know, I'm not really doing a lot of like digital art. I'm doing, I'm doing more so. And maybe I prefer, maybe I prefer that. I like to hold the things. I like to see the things in front of me. So I've been in on a shirt wave recently. Did the Lucid, um, I told Bessie shirts, That's right. which, I, I think Backwoods needs to update their website because I don't think they have the, the proper, <laughs> they, I think they have the version one like rushed uh, place marker type mockups. So like, you know, people would be happy when them shits appear though. Like so there's three of them. They're all very different and they're different colors. So hopefully you like tan, olive green or black um, as, a, as a shirt base. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, Lucid and I were talking a lot about through the process and it was just like, no, like this shit, we're gonna like, this is gonna be different. And like, we're gonna put these on like a beautiful heavyweight cotton blank. You know what I mean? Like there's a nice. lot of like honor, honor in the process too. Like I really appreciate um, when I collab get to collaborate with folks such as like Lucid or like Amani, especially like those two cats, like I trust and, and Dream Crusher too. Like those folks I trust with, um, with the work that I give them as well.
Um, like they trust me, but then I trust them back in, in terms of just like handling the shit in the way that like, well, you know, honor the agency that I was given in the collaboration and also like honor the work that gets done. You know what I'm saying? So mm. it's not just, I don't want this shit to be on some slim fit, super soft cotton, light t-shirt. Like I wouldn't wear that myself. So like, why would I make something like that? You know what I mean? Like, uh, or it doesn't have to be slim fit. I just, I'm not with the soft cotton, light t-shirt shit. Like it, it just doesn't, Same. I need something, you know what I mean? I need something with some, some, some substance. So uh, you know, we're talking, we're talking, we might, we might be a little hotter in the sun, but like, we'll look good being, you know, <laughs> being sweaty or whatever. Between Canyon and Shaw, throwing my weight around and watching my form run up and double the scar. You talk out your neck, I curse for my call. They search in my face, Allah knows best My shadow is as big as my light Swallowing whole, absorb control Guards and gold and earth metals Stone the magnet, biohack the planet Let's fall back a bit, turtles all the way down Ladder stack from center, what you say now? I can't keep the same style, so you can't hold it even They call the law, but never call it even Sucker, well lies beneath her. I'm inside a season Pride is fleeting, but it got me decent I bust your shit, don't mean sound do you have a favorite part of the process when you're, I guess, magnifying these artists you work with in the language that they present? Mm. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the conversation, the dialogue and the trust is like the first favorite part of the process. So it's like, you know, we can just get hype on. I, I, I just like getting hype on the shit with my people or with my collaborators, you know what I mean? So like, mm. they're like, yo, like go, go in go crazy you know they might throw me some reference images again i'm not going to take your album cover and like just plop it on a t-shirt or like plop it on a cassette like a j car like i'm not going to do that only only a few instances will that happen and that has to be like that's an image that i favor or like i see working in that context like true sky like the kai solo navy blue shit like um i mean paraffin i didn't I, I told Bessie is going to be like, I scanned that photo. You know, Lucid gave me the photo, like a bunch of photos. And like, I scanned a bunch of them for him from his grandmother's, like, I guess like archive or like the collection that he had left over from his, from Bessie. Um, and that photo was like, when, when we were looking at it, it was like that was that photo with the German shepherd with the dog and his uncle, I believe um, that was the one. I was just like, oh, this is like, what's even going on? Like, this is like the question of like, what's even going on in this photo? But like, damn, this is a strong image. And that in itself, like, I think like something like that can exist um, and kind of sit on a J card in a, in a cool way. But I'll just, I'll, you know, I'm going to flip the shit out the inside uh, and also, you know, do my thing with the typography as well. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they gave me Haram second edition to do. And, you know, I think I did my thing. And, Killed and it. Kind of, yeah, Killed I mean, just, you know, making, making, chopping up the space and making it something completely different. You know, it's not, it's definitely not like a conventional approach to, uh, to like layout or whatever. And I, yeah, like I love space breaking. So, you know, 
I've been getting hype again. Like I've been getting hype on like finding things and be like, oh, I could, oh, I could use that as a texture. You know what I mean? Oh, I could, you know, layer, you know, just layering things and like seeing what happens. Cause I just, I won't, I won't know until I do it. So it's kind of that like try step, you know, try stuff and seeing what, what occurs after. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun, yo. It's, it is, I'm having, I'm having fun. Put it like that. I'm having a good old time, um, especially when you have, when you trust me and like are not like trying to like micromanage the process in any instance that's off, often a, a terrible experience. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. For anybody listening, wondering where they can pick up these tapes, all of this music we've been talking about in this interview, what was the website? Where can people cop everything at? Mm, I would say most central um, to most of the things that we've, been, we've mentioned, but not all, because some things exist on other people's sites or whatnot. But, um, right. you know, like the Backwoods stuff generally is on the Backwoods. So, like, I told Bessie shirts are on Backwoods site. Um, but, you know, tap in with the Instagram as well. But let me let me say, first and foremost, go to purpletapepedigree.bandcamp.com. For, and, you know, if you don't see it under the release page, the main page that you will probably go to first, then click on the merch tab and then you'll see a whole uh, a plethora of things that are not on the main page just because that's how Bandcamp is, is uh, programmed currently. So if you go to the various artist page for those releases, you'll find probably the physical um, stuff. And hopefully, I, I believe everything will be credited to me credit is mad important to me it's super important vital 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 to me um so yeah uh shit um i know the black sand stuff was on novelty records shout out to shout out to novelty um i told bessie shirts uh, like i said backwoods i told bessie cassette backwoods on pre-order um and the fat boy sharif no face album uh is coming out on ptp there will be a cassette and who knows what else there might be, you know, I don't know. There might be uh, a drone, you know, no, <laughs> I don't know. There might be <laughs> some fal falconry gloves, you know what I'm saying? Um, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Yeah. So most Chouse of the, the ghost on, face. Chouse the ghost face. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out to the, well, the Wonder Woman bracelet and all that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yo, uh, that's, that's pretty much where a lot of the stuff exists and definitely, you know, follow tap in on the ig i think um which is you know gang grizzly that's that's where like a lot of the stuff gets i guess documented and signal boosted um but yeah that's 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 i think the easiest clearest uh sort of like mapping toward toward these works so you do this all day man there's still so much to talk about and navigate <laughs> i want to thank you for your time and doing this man it's been a long time coming kim vision ultra my G, yo, thank you so much, Luke. Uh, I'm I'm honored to be a Flat Fidelity alum. You know what I mean? And uh, not nah, I just again uh, coming coming from being a fan of uh, the podcast and and the the conversations, the way you you hold space for a conversation, the questions you ask. I've always I've always bigged you up on how how uh, slick you are with that. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be in the, uh, the other seat this time and, and, and being able to, to throw you some answers and whatnot. But yeah, you know, I appreciate you taking the time for real.
niggas you think run this shit reacting to the chase Moving at a fraction of the pace I'm at My legacy will not be placid on the grave, nah I ain't come this far to play it safe, nah Fuck a stake if it ain't high Waiting for Jesus to hit the brakes Make no mistake, I got the drive to eat the pavement They lead the way, I follow through like Baron Davis The lust for praise contagious Smack the hand that reaches aimlessly For what is sacred has escaped the name You preach to be the greatest Niggas playing favorites to each his own bed Feeling tight, jaded, reflecting on what is long, yo I roamed alone since the days of the war Always been that motherfucker that would take a view I stay hungry, but you never catch me begging for food Y'all having trouble identifying what's safe to assume The wrong forever is terribly massive It'll beat your ass if you think you bad, kid Ayo, I'm really on some black magic shit Y'all addicted to I wish I could show my appreciation for this podcast. I wish I could respond to it somehow or be notified in the future when Fly Fidelity updates because it's so great. But I don't think there's a way I can do any of those things. Uh-oh. You're wrong. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud and never miss an episode. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My people saw you with me where you were!